virtually every one of the top 40 records being played on every radio station in the United States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own This is a special question. We don't want you to smoke genetically modified ganja. We want you to smoke the real thing. We want you to smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana. Some call it sensor media. Some call it lamb's bread. And some people call it ganja. I don't hear myself, but now I do. Uh... <laughs> that's my first dab in like five days i've been sick as fuck so if my voice is all crusty and horrible well, it just adds to the charm of the show i guess right we have a, a show that i've been waiting for for a while tonight yeah man with uh david bronner and adam einhanger both huge hemp advocates and old friends of mine so we're gonna go back in history and talk with them and talk about all the things that david bronner's amazing company dr bronner's has been doing not only for cannabis for all pretty much for anything that we all feel is important <laughs> they're supporting it so we're going to talk to those guys um at the top of the hour at five at uh five o'clock our time so wherever you are i'm not going to calculate it for you here but wherever you are uh top of the hour get it ready um and uh we unfortunately are going to start the show with a little uh, memorial because uh, one of our soldiers in this uh, cannabis world has uh, unfortunately left us. And uh, like I said, it was uh, kind of a shock for a lot of people. I, I, th I mean, of course it was a shock. Usually they are, but, you know, it wasn't like we all thought that there was any, any issues. And, uh, you know... And I'm kind of glad, well, I'm not glad, but, you know, sometimes when people when people pass and they don't tell you what happened, it just drives you crazy for a little bit. Um, but they pretty much told us that this was due to complications uh, from the flu, which, you know, I don't know, it's weird. It's a weird one. But uh, Mr. Lone Waddy, Ross Johnson, the co-creator of the Gorilla Glue strain, uh, passed the other day. And uh, like I said, it was due to complications of, of the flu in the hospital. So you can imagine... Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to try to dwell into any kind of any person's death or anything. I'm just going to say, strangely enough, I was literally smoking Gorilla Glue, which is not my common go-to strain, just because obviously I got other things to do. But I had just come back from uh, a trip, and I really had I had uh, you know nothing of my own available, and I just I was like, oh, I'll crack that jar that I got from from our buddy 303 Whiplash, uh, and that was one of his things that he does a very good job of, and so you know it was kind of like the you know, you know, you're always going to get a good. You know what you got when you have that strain because we've all smoked enough of it. And so anyway, I was smoking that strain on that night, and uh, I didn't. Uh, you know, obviously, wasn't thinking about it too much beyond the fact that I was like, oh, I cracked the jar. It still had smell. It was a bit too dry. I live in Colorado. I'm sorry about that. But you know, at the end of the day, I was really amazed because I got this batch of. 303 from 303 like when he was on the show which was months ago so i was quite impressed it was a it's a beautiful thing so anyway but it you know it's uh we we uh never want to lose anybody like that especially uh you know he had, they had the thing about those guys is they definitely were doing what 
this whole these last couple shows have been talking about, which is you know getting their strains verified, getting their strains recognized as the real deal, and it's a very hard and 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 I'm sure as many of you guys saw during that, it's there's a lot of pushback the minute anybody wants to claim anything, right? But at the end of the day, we have to claim what we can claim when we can claim it. And, you know, it's like kind of like a song now because, you know, every time you hear a song from a musician, it's the kid. I wasn't going to give you the number, man. I was trying to keep it away from you. All right, I'm in the middle. I'm in, I'm in the middle of something over here. Hold on one second. Yeah, stay in the shower. Yeah, stay, stay in the shower. shower. Stay in the shower. Uh, I'm out of the shower. Oh, good. So anyway, in uh, you know, in in the way that musicians uh, live on through their songs, uh, now the Gorilla Glue, you know, and this is again, we don't want to like. It's not a good thing, but you you know, everybody who's got Gorilla Glue, which I brought it, you know, I brought my jar with me today. Uh, as you're smoking it now, you can uh, you know. It's like literally like pouring out your, we don't have to pour out beers because you shouldn't be drinking them in the first place. But, you know, you can say Lone Waddy as you're fucking about to light up your fatty, give him a fucking boom shaka, whatever, whatever way you want to uh, pass the, pass the torch or, you know, pass, pass the, the, your, your uh, condolences to him. Do that. And, uh, you know, it'd be, it's uh, strange because it's one of those things where, you know, you, uh, I know that the kid who's on the phone with us right now, he was literally talking to him like a week ago. And so it's, you never know. It's, uh, you know, we're, <laughs> listen, I'm turning 50 next next month. So that also, you know, puts me in the zone where I'm like, oh shit, you mean like the flu? Damn. No, it doesn't mean I'm going to go out and get vaccinations or any bullshit like that. Cause that's actually where you die before you ever even get the fucking flu. So don't do that. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't do that. But in general, I was like, and I, and I was sick this whole last four days and I, you know how it is when you're sick, you get in this weird zone and you're, you're like hallucinating for free and you're like, dude, I'm getting free deals here. You know, it's kind of weird. But during, during those moments, you, I always have the same thing where I'm like, oh no, this is exactly what it's going to be like when I'm super old and I can barely get out of bed. You know what I mean? That's all I can imagine. And so yep. I've been sick for the last four days solid and I hadn't left my room and I was pretty much you know, but I, but I, I would never go to the hospital because I feel like the hospital is the fucking the worst place to go if you're sick. <laughs> like, you mm -hmm. know, you like, Agreed. I feel like the, you know, that's one thing you got to do is yep. so trust your, trust your own, uh, your own body basically. And hopefully that thing can kick it away. Tell me, tell me the kid, I don't want to leave you hanging all drip drying by the shower. I know how you are. <laughs> uh, I'm dressed out of the shower. I've been out of the shower for like 10 minutes now. Okay. So did, did, did you, you guys are late as usual. Did Brittany, did Brittany um, put your clothes out for you and make sure you get them all straight? I don't, I don't need my wife to put my clothes out for me, bro. I'm almost 30 years old now. Almost. Oh, <laughs> damn. Almost. Okay. Almost. Well, bro. I'm almost um, 50, bro. So that's just, you know, let's, let's get, let's get it serious. No, man, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely try and make it out for a day or two for your party um i, I don't know so. if i can come the entire weekend but i'm definitely going to try and make it for at least friday and saturday so oh good oh good um, so tell us so tell us out there. So tell us you said you talked to him last week what was the, what was there was the vibe yeah. then he was yeah i mean well you know ross yeah I, you know obviously i met ross you know through you and through the show and uh i was chatting with him last week because he actually uh linked me with an ohio team um who ironically ended up doing the whole, uh, hey, thanks for your SOPs, we don't need you anymore thing. So, uh -huh. we were, uh, you know, kind of just laughing uh, just about, you know, just about the course of the industry and, mm -hmm. and talking about what happens there. And he said that he was doing fine. I, I didn't say anything. And, and he was doing just fine. Um, yeah, I mean, so, it's just strange, man. Yeah. It's strange to... 
to reach out and, you know, ask someone how they're doing and how everything's going, have them say everything's great. And the next minute, you know, like you said, complications from the flu and you're, you're gone, you know? So, um, I've been speaking with Kat, uh, you know, over at Gorilla Glue. Um, there was a little bit of a confusion, it seems like, because Don was not aware that I was working with Kat. So he just posted up on his Instagram that, uh, I might be trying to scam people for this uh, GoFundMe here, but that's going to get cleared up here relatively soon. Oh, good. Uh, obviously, that's not the case. Right. Uh, we do have a GoFundMe page set up. I'll put a link here in the chat. I already got um, one. Up there. I also have it. We got it. Perfect. We got it up there. We're, you're good. We're good. We actually pulled that together. Great. Um, so that GoFundMe is going to go. Um, I've set like a ten thousand dollar goal. Obviously, he passed away in as what was a healthy guy. So he had no will. He had you know not very much. His partner uh, Tammy. For, you know, the past 25 years, she doesn't know how she's going to pay for funeral costs. And uh, so, you know, we figured that if, if you've used Gorilla Glue in any way, shape, or form in flour or concentrates or yeah. you bred with it or yeah, you've especially grown if, it. Especially if you bred with it hard and you, you know, based yeah. your entire company yeah. on it, which is a few of people out there I know. So. We, won't, we, won't, we won't call any names, right? No, but, no. Uh, uh, but, yeah, the point is, you know, if, if you've benefited in any way off of Gorilla Glue, um, you know, you can go and, and reach out to this uh, GoFundMe. Uh, we've gotten donations already from $10 to $1,000. So we're just trying to hit a goal to get his funeral costs. Uh, everything will be completely transparent. I'll be posting everything on Instagram. We'll be doing, the, you know, the withdrawal, and I just plan on sending a check directly to Josie and Kat uh, to transport over to Tammy and Ross, uh, Ross's family. So... You know, anybody who can go out onto that GoFundMe page, share it on your Instagram, share it on your Facebooks, your Twitters, whatever. Um, you know, let's get them some money. Funerals are funerals are expensive, and I know everybody thinks that, oh, well, they got that Gorilla Glue money. They could just, you know, he could have a certified coffin. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really not like that when you're running a business, as you know, Adam. You know I mean? You can't for just sure. pull money out of your business to pay for your funeral. So... Well, um, you know, at that point, at that yeah. point, I, I don't, I don't give a fuck what they do. At that point, I'll be like, you know what, pull it out of whatever you want yeah. to pull it out of, because I ain't around no yeah, more. Yeah. But no, <laughs> but it, but it, no, in general, it's uh, it's crazy because that's one of those things about America is, you know, we're like the worst country when it comes to preparation of anything. Like, and and the funeral s- system, how it all works, and stuff, it's so bullshit. I I I dread ever having yeah. to deal with them because. It's like it's a scam. You know what I mean? There's literally like they, they've oh, turned yeah, they've yeah. turned it into uh-huh. a scam. Like really, even yep. death, you guys are just yep. turning into a bullshit scam. And so it's like the, you know, it's like the yep. uh, insurance. It's like all these things that when you ever deal with these people, you're like, I didn't come in for any of this bullshit. I came in to just to get a real. It's simple like a wedding, thing. man. Yeah, you know what I mean. You and go in, you go in to say some vows. The next thing you leave was with a a, a night that you just spent thirty five thousand dollars on. Right. Yeah, and and yeah. if and be like me and you go to Vegas is much way better, way cheaper, <laughs> cheaper, better, more fun in the end, and unique. Um, so I just lit up a joint of Gorilla Glue. By the way, I, I should have done it more ceremonially, but yeah. I figured gotta, you, go. you can't, you know, just get on it. Let's so do yeah, it. Yeah, you know, we we definitely lost a real one. You know, he was he was a good guy. He was always honest. You know, he he hooked me up with job opportunities. He always put out good recommendations, and and he was just an overall good guy. You know, I mean, the people might. Uh, disagree with what Gorilla Glue Strains was trying to do in the industry and certifying genetics or this or that, but when it comes down to who Ross was and the quality of what Gorilla Glue 4 was, I think everyone, you know, owes Ross a little bit of something. So, um, yeah, you know, whatever anybody can do to help out with that GoFundMe will be huge for his family. Um, and, and, you know, we can just continue to support his legacy by, by like you said, burning up some Gorilla Glue anytime that you can. And, uh, just thanking, uh, thank well, and, and the crazy part is, is it, it's definitely one of those strains that, you know, is, it's, it's, it's so everywhere that, 
you know, there. Yeah, like, I'm in like Jamaica, you, you couldn't, and buy. you know, yeah. like my, my strain's not really like, yeah, one guy smokes sage over here somewhere. And you're like, oh, cool. <laughs> like that, not like yeah, cool. that. You know, there's, yeah. I have pockets. I have pockets where people actually appreciate my shit. Right. right. But in right. general, it's not, yeah. I never hit that. I never hit that fucking like AK-47 or the fucking Gorilla Glue, you know, certain, right. certain strains. White like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, For sure, yeah. So this is, you know, they're doing a great shit. I, I know you guys got a busy show. I don't want to hold it up too much. So thanks for, you know, letting me come on and, and, and uh, you know, speak about Ross and see if we can't get that GoFundMe up to what we want it to be so that he can have, you know, the, the funeral and the, and the, the laying place and the resting place that, that he deserves. So... Thank you. That's good. Right. And I, I didn't realize that you, when you, when I saw that link that you sent, I didn't look at it quick enough to. I kind of looked at it and was doing other stuff. And then later, I was like, "Oh, I see that. I see that the kid actually put this together." So then, I, that's why I was like, "Oh, I, the kids, the kids allowed on the show again." I guess. There we go. You totally stood us up every time. You know that recently, right? You've been pretty lame. Oh yeah, I guess there was like two other times I was supposed to come on, and I definitely just uh, just didn't. I just want to confirm <laughs> that. I want to confirm that while you're on the line with us, that you're really lame. Yeah. And I was like, the kid is going to be on, and the kid is going to be so cool, and then the kid just doesn't I, even show up. So I just always thought that we were talking about May 24th, which is today. So uh, I, just, you know, I guess I just got my dates next. No, up, you know? that's not true at all. It <laughs> is so. That's uh, a good well, one. Though. It's a good credit, good recovery, but it was terrible. It wasn't. There we go. It's a yeah. lie. Well, look, you guys go back to your show. I appreciate you giving me some time. Uh, you know, big ups to all you guys over there, and 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 big ups to anybody who wants to uh, be able to donate to that GoFundMe. Let's get him. You know, get to get him a funeral. So yeah, shouts for again, up that GoFundMe, uh, man. That's cool. Yeah, for Thank sure. And again, if anybody can't find it, it's on my Instagram and stuff as well. And, I know they and it's they official. It's 100% official it, that you are not trying to scam people, right? That's 100%? 100% official <laughs> that I am not scamming people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, that's good. As long as uh, that's there's happening. No, there's no scam going on. No. I mean, and it's funny, man, because like, I made the first donation by like scamming myself. I don't know. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah. That no, was, well, that's okay. how you got to do it. That's how you got to do it. You got to set the trap, dude. That's yeah. That's, just, right? that's true. Then yeah. they think it's real. Because like, right, he, no, dude, he paid it's himself. Real. It's got to be real, right? I mean, come on. It's think real. of it. It's that's real. Philly, I couldn't live with some Philly logic, right so, uh, there. All right. So yeah, man. Everything should be good to go. So uh, you know, again, enjoy your your Memorial Day. Have a good weekend. It was good to be on, and uh, I'll be out there for uh, for a day or two for your birthday. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, guys. Talk soon. Later. So as the kids say, uh, Memorial Day, I'm like, wow, that's kind of an ironic thing, too. So it does make it, I mean, it's, you know, the Memorial Day weekend. You can add, you can add our buddy uh, on the, at the, uh, into the, that list. And, you know, it's, uh, again, like, it, it's, it's that, it's, uh, there's a lot going to, there's going to be a lot of changes in the industry. There's going to be a lot of people, like, like Ross and like, you know, I, 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 all these legends are going to start to become real legends, you know, because uh, a lot of us have been in the fight for 20 plus years. We went in as spring chickens and now we're coming out like in the middle zone, you know, but there's some other guys that were older than me that jumped in. So that's the thing. I was always a kid. 
I felt like I was I was the kid like back in the day. I was now I'm like well, I'm 50, but I literally in Amsterdam we were considered like the kids, right? Because because Rob and Dave and all those guys were a couple were a generation older. Sure. But but they were like oh these the new this is the new guys the kids right and so we were called they literally called us the kids like the kids. that was they, the kids the THC kids right so I was like oh god damn it when are we gonna be grown up you know what I mean <laughs> so and then uh, and then you look back now and you see how you're like yeah okay and. Those guys were already like old to us, like we were, because we were in our twenties and we were like all fresh. And like those guys are old, bro. And then, uh, and then <laughs> now, you know, it's the, into that ind- part of the industry where all of us are the old guys, and got to got to take that with a grain of salt. But at the same time, just like any other thing, you fucking kids don't know shit. <laughs> you know, it, it it all comes out. And yeah. now in the grow world, it's coming out even worse because we were actually in like war zone. You know what I mean? And now it's coming to the point of it's just like this marketing. It's, it's, it's getting kind of disgusting. Like I, I open up things and I'm looking at like ads and stuff and I'm just like, where the fuck are we, man? This is crazy because people are just trying to over coupon each other. And like you open up a page, a book and it's like, or a magazine or something like that. And you're like, all right, so where's the magazine now? Because all I see is like this ad, that ad, and they're all pullouts and stupid bullshit. It's weird. It's like uh, everybody's into that kind of, non it's not like as tribal it's not as, tri- as tribal as it was you know what i mean it used to be right. very much like you were in the tribe or not you know what i mean <sighs> i have no idea what i'm talking about right now but just well it, it, i it, i feel like it there's like a, a it's kind of like music you know everything kind of got do it yourself you know what i mean and then so it's easier for someone to jump in and start you know Oh, I have a seed company or, or whatever. Oh my or God. whatever. Yeah. You seed know, so it's like the easiest thing to do. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but you know, it's, uh, these guys, so the Gorilla Glue guys, they, they basically weren't a seed company coming out with a new strain. They were just guys grinding and doing things and making things work. You know what I mean? Right. And then they kind of became that, which is the way it, that was one of my favorite episodes was when you guys had the yeah. Gorilla Glue guys on. Nice. Explain all that. Yeah. But in, uh, you know, in general, it was like proven, which is with the deal. I mean, it's like it's all about with cannabis. You put it out and whatever fucking works, works. And you can't sometimes you think, you know, and then you're wrong. Other times it's a no brainer. It's like, yeah, this is going to be it. And everybody's into it or whatever. But in general, uh, so they came out with such a good hit and uh, it's so distinctive in its own little in its own growth pattern and stuff so when you're growing it, you're like ah, yeah definitely you know you can see it and i've seen it produce some just fucking massive yield so it's like one of those plants where you're like okay that that'll do it you know (sighs) anyway um so let's do shout outs because then we're gonna have perfect timing for david and adam and we have no interruptions perfect yes sir and at the end of the show we will do the Illuminar giveaway perfect uh maz is ready on the in the hole in the waiting okay i think kti is doing his job today right Isn't it? yeah he sent me some okay good some. so we have some ammunition to uh to go through and i have an extra one i have the uh the one that could be could be the shoe in right Gotcha. I haven't even shown you how, how incredible the, the writing is. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's that one of those, stuff is good. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. So when you get I might have to – I think I could read that one because, yeah. you know, I, I hate radio. Oh, it's going to ruin it. But, but that one – I think I can handle that No, it's That's right yeah. up your alley, dude. Exactly. All right, so anyway, 
as far as ads go and, and sponsors and all the guys that keep the show going, uh, our buddies over at New Millennium, which I just, uh, they're, they're moving all to this brand new warehouse and things. So, oh, really? Yeah. yeah cool. It's always good to see uh, growth in the industry, right? Uh, growth in your plants and all the above. Check out NewMillenniumNutrients.com. Their program's super simple to work with. Um, it's great for uh, large-scale production also. Very easy. You can dosatron everything. Um, it's it's uh, kind of it's a real nice program. I've, I've been using it for a few years, and the whole thing, I, well, my mom loves it, so that's where it ends all questions about even why we're going to use it. But uh, it's it also uh, is seasonal, you know, so you get your spring, summer, winter, fall. Makes it kind of nice and easy to see where you are in this in the in the program, and uh, you know just kind of a simple simple thing. You can check out the the, the uh, website with a store finder and a calculator, so you can figure out your your how many plants you want to grow and how big of an area, what kind of lights, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, calculate that all without having to buy the wrong amount of whatever you need to buy. So just go to them, check them out. If you want to um, check them online or if you want to send them a message and you want to get like a sample or something like that, just hit them up and tell them you Adam Dunn Show, done deal, and they'll throw something in the mail for you. Now, guys, these guys won't throw it in the mail for you, but you can get them everywhere. Incredibles Edibles, best edibles here in Colorado, best edibles now all over the world. just consistency is the key, and that's what these guys uh, are able to do because they grow it, they process it, they turn it, then they process the oils, and then they t- process the all the, f- uh, the different edibles in in house, and uh, so they're in charge of every step of the product, every step of the way, and every bit of the product. Which, you know, if the if you're gonna eat, and if you're gonna do edibles, you want things that actually work around. The, they work the same. They taste the same. They don't because uh, that's always been the that was always the problem back in the day was the the inconsistencies you know you'd always like one time it worked too good and the second time it didn't work at all you know and then the <laughs> third time you're like you don't know what to do do I eat more of them or less of them and you just get kind of but with these guys consistent dosage every single piece is labeled they got awesome uh, packaging awesome uh, you know uh, just an awesome just inc- I should say incredible but incredible incredible incredible. Incredibles. No, they, I, I love Incredibles.com is a website. Same thing, store finder, all that. They're not, not going to tell you how much they you need to eat, but <laughs> I think you can figure it out yourself. Yeah. And build the soil. Uh, this is the time of year. These guys are on fire right now. So if you need, uh, new, if you need any uh, IPM products, if you need any uh, products for soil development, if you're into no-till, if you need to order soil direct from them, uh, give them a shout at 855-877-SOIL or go to, uh, to buildasoil.com. Tell, tell them you uh, heard, a, heard about us. Give them, say you need that done deal. And uh, check out their uh, really good range of hard-to-find products that you don't find in any other sort of uh, retail grow shop. So you're, you're, it's your one-stop shop for all those hard find products and just also very well vetted products too so you know that if they're using them there's definitely uh good for what you're growing basically and also if you guys are doing any kind of large-scale hemp growing they can help you on that so give them a shout 855-877-SOIL and build a soil.com all right what do we got next 
Oh, WallaceWow.com. Yeah. WallaceWow.com. So I'm sure he's uh, building his soil up too, Mr. Ron Wallace, world record pumpkin grower, now uh, sliding into the cannabis world, uh, just helping you build your soil. He's not trying to change any his programs too much, but he, he's got some uh, amazing skill set and... Uh, I mean, he lives in Rhode Island too. It's you know, it's a little bit of a it's a perfect place for pumpkins, man. It's that pumpkin spot, but uh, he's putting out two thousand pound plus pumpkins every on a consistent basis for years, and uh, he's responsible for a lot of the genetics. He's responsible. He's he's just like kind of the same as what we do, but in a pumpkin world. So it's it's uh, it's, it's amazing to see the crossover. Almost everything. There's a few. Uh, you know, there's a few differences with the ectos and the endos, of course, but at the same time, he's fully aware and he knows what, how to help you build your soil. Uh, and he has great mycorrhizal products. You just have to hit him up at uh, wallacewow.com, check out the product list, um, ask for the done deal. I think you get 15% off on everything with him. I think he actually has a done deal. It's solid. Um, and uh, yeah, again, tell him you heard about him on the Adam Dunn Show. You can check back a b- bunch of episodes Usually around, just look around any time October in the last couple of years, we've had him on because, you know, that's the time you have the pumpkin guy on, right? He's like hot, hot. Come on. At that point, he's literally going to like from us to like some major broadcast in New York or something like that. So we we get him at that high dollar bar. You know? <laughs> like we, we can get him any October. I get him in October. Like what? Mm. So hard. No, but he's the man. He wins. He's, he, he literally has his own picture at the airport when you come out in Rhode Island and you walk out. It's like a big giant thing of world's record, world's record over here. We're on Wallace, you know. And you're like, oh shit, I know that guy. I'm like, it's Rhode Island. Everybody knows that guy, right? They're like, I know that guy. It's like, really? <laughs> no, but in general, uh, we love working with Ron. So give him a shout. Tell him uh, what's up and get your soil rocking. Greenfarms.co. These guys are are expanding rapidly. Um, they're going to have a lot more things going on. I think they can't. It's, it's classic. They're just in that same cannabis realm where everyone's just got so much happening that you can't really even bring it all to 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 uh, one sort of thing because it'd be like, all right, stop there. But what they what you can do is go to Colorado Springs to their uh, medical shop and pick up some no-till grown totally organic cannabis which is really hard to find because you know most places are just going to give you the easiest cheapest bottled newt stuff out there um, but you can get some great uh, uh all, all the products there obviously coming from from in-house are are going to be organic and uh you can ask for the done deal there haven't heard back from jw how that's going but we'll just throw it out there done deal i need it now Let's see what they say if they throw you out sorry <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't i don't know how i was to ask <laughs> don't know what they're fucking gonna give you but uh i'll get that settled soon so we actually have a plan there maybe Sweet. uh the uh also have a shop in lewisville if you're into gardening and you want to get some organic uh materials they have their own in-house soil blend from uh buffalo who were guests on our show many many times uh they actually took over the company and our and they also added uh, Rasta Rooster and Rasta Worms. So pick up their products there at their store in Louisville. Uh, Green Farms Feed and Seed. Check them out at greenfarms.co. And uh, also, JW from Green Farms is going to be helping me. We're going to be helping me. He's going to be, he's half of the deal. We're going to be at our 50 50 fest, I said. So that way it's pretty obvious. Like, I'm like, hey, it's 50 50, you know that. <laughs> because we're both 50 and this is the only time we'd, it's going to happen so we ended up uh, going to do a little co-party co there so 
check out those guys, greenfarms.co. And are we doing treasure? Treasure, of course. Who's that blooping up? Uh, he's just wanted to call in. Who's that? Who's that? Uh, Adam. Uh, five more minutes, Tom. Okay. Because li we're literally on time this time. Uh, our friends over at Treasure uh, in Barcelona, this is the one place you get a done deal the right way. Because you walk in the door and you are immediately saving buck. You're saving money right out of the gate because you're now a member of this cool club in, in Barcelona where you can buy weed and smoke weed. So then you go walk up to the counter and then of course if, if the owner's there, Petey, then he's almost feels, I gotta say, he almost feels obligated that he has to uh, give him at least a free joint or something. There's These something. people, come on. So you know, you're getting something, let me tell you. You just, you done deal him to death at that point. Basically, <laughs> when you're there, you just say, is there a done deal on this? Is there a done deal on that? Because he's gonna go, I, I, want, I wanna secretly, because I know he doesn't even listen to the show half the time because he's, he's too, neurotic about it you'd be like can't, can't listen man I was like, ah, but anyway <laughs> <laughs> he's a busy bee that guy but in general yeah if you go to that store if you go to treasure it's just look up treasure barcelona on facebook and you will f it's underscore or something like that was the deal it's a uh, treasure underscore bcn on instagram for sure on that one mm -hmm. okay yeah. so then yeah uh, look up that get get your uber get on your scooter whatever you got to do when you're there and then head on over and get the get the royal treatment. The done deal. The real done deal. Finally, after all the all the half assed done deals. This is the big one. No. So in general, uh great place, great people. And if you haven't been to Barcelona yet, you should probably go. It's a dope place that's had clubs already for years and they literally uh promote the biggest promotion there is that how good the HVAC is. That's the most important part. <laughs> like they just be like great HVAC you know like they're like the best no the best the biggest bestest mostest you know it's like they're trying to like overdo each other's airco somehow it's like an airco war because uh the ones that don't have good airco they're rough you know what I mean because people still smoke t tobacco there obviously and they don't care and so you now you got like this actually unhealthy environment you know what I mean when you have a bunch of people smoking weed no big deal but when you got a bunch of tobacco it's like oh shit now I remember why this totally sucked back in the day but totally. I didn't really know until when I actually didn't have to deal with it like Amsterdam's the last place to stop smoking cigarettes pretty they, you know they still most coffee shops kind of let people do it and don't give a fuck but yeah so it's like a mix you know you get this kind of a weird linger in the air of tobacco hash and weed which is kind of like Meh, it's not great you know here we go. Uh, he's coming up. He was just, he's sending links and stuff. Okay, cool. So, uh, all right. And that's it for the sponsors, right? Oh, oh no, we have no. one. No, we have our biggest sponsor. Jeez, Jesus Christ. Man, Are you wow. crazy? All right. SeedsHereNow.com, of course. Number one sponsor from di for, for the longest time. Also putting together all the killer shows uh, with because he's got 35 breeders under his belt. He can just whip out his phone and say, show, bam, this breeder, that breeder, and everyone's happy, right? Well, shows like today took a little more work, but <laughs> no one appreciates it. Now, these guys can throw together a show because they take care of their uh, growers and their growers take care of them, and that just all ends up in the, in the hands of the consumers, which is, you know, it's all about vibes, right? Everybody's got good vibes. Everybody buys seeds off these crews. You know, everyone's open about it. He only takes seed. If you don't, you know, if you're using somebody else's genetics, he won't take it because it, unless you're doing a deal with them or something like that, you know what I mean? But 
good good people. Anyway, and also guarantee on all the seeds if they come, if you have any problems with them, you just tell them what's up, and he'll send you a replacement for that seed or those seeds or whatever. And uh, you can't get better than that. So go to seedsherenow.com, check them out. I would normally have them calling in, but we're skating in. We got two minutes till we're gonna start the other thing. So I'll just give them as much love as I can. Uh, because we're going to do a luminar after, but mm-hmm. we can say illuminar.com, of course, because they're, or luminarlighting.com. Is it luminar lighting? Ba boom, illuminarlighting.com. Okay, but hold on. We're, not going, we're still not done with James. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, we're going to, we can just say that. Yeah, there you go. That was our, is that it? That was it. Then later, the big one. Well, I like that. Yeah, I just, I just you just did it. Illuminarlighting.com. Yes. <laughs> you have to do it like that, though, next time. We're going to have to do that one. Anyway, uh, seedsherenow.com. For all your seed inquiries, check them out. They also have seedaholics.com, which is a uh, giveaway show. And we're going to do the rest of the shadows later. Thank you very much. Right. <clears throat> so, hello, hello. Hi. Mr. Adam Einhanger, right on time. Yeah. Not, even a minute before. He's the man. Like, you know, you know well, it's okay. We're, we, 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 it's funny because I just finished my ads to the T almost. I have to kind of do one more, but that's already going to be done at the end of the show anyway. So... We are good. Uh, I was sitting on the uh, on the stream on YouTube, so I'm a little caught up about what you've been talking about. Uh, David's just, I just saw him. He called me. I said, why are you calling me? you got to call Adam. <laughs> I, sent him the, I sent him the thing, so he should be on there soon enough. Right. Welcome he even to has the green screen for you. Oh, my God. We're fucking on point today. So welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, been a, it's been a while. Uh, yeah. It's... Uh, it's also, I think, yeah, so much has changed since the times that we were hanging out back in the day because I don't think this was even in the cards at the moment, right? That moment, right? It was kind of sort of half there or not even. Brother David's wasn't in the cards. No. Home Grow wasn't in the cards. Yes, yeah, so we got a bunch of catching uh, we up. Living uh, in the dark ages. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. And, and uh, yeah, it's like the uh, – so, what, so I have you in my phone as DC Hemp, so I don't know exactly – how to even, how to even, uh, or Capital Hemp, Capital Hemp, sorry, Capital Hemp. I have you in as Adam, yeah. Capital Hemp. So, whatever happened. I know have a stake in Capital Hemp. Uh, Alan Amsterdam is the sole owner of the business. Uh, but we did reopen the business after we passed a legalization initiative in 2014. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard that name either in a while. See, see, I'll just be like talking about things and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, so we have like the gifting law here, you know, there's no sales, but you can give cannabis. And uh, Washington, D.C. is going through a, uh, a big transition right now because the, the mayor does want to update the laws. Congress has been blocking us from writing our own laws since 2014. So we've kind of had we have legalization without commercialization. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for, in the first place, I was always like, it's so weird that D.C. would even have anything because you'd think that that'd be like the one little stronghold they'd have where they'd be like, not on federal property and just be anal as fuck about it. And since there's so many areas of Washington that it just becomes not even fun anymore because it's like, oh, federal, 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 federal. Ah, it's all fucking federal. You know, there's areas that are just not even a single square feet, foot is not federal, right? Yeah. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, David. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, you know what? On on that tip, I mean, it's just awesome to be talking to the national leadership with local media there in D.C. and all the shenanigans that Adam is routinely pulling off, including, you know, 
uh, like the the forty two hundred uh, joint giveaway on Trump's inauguration and um, fifty foot joint and all kinds of beautiful things. You know, it just creates uh, just uh, you know just a comfort level. Uh, I think um, for sure, just really setting things up here for ending it at the federal level, man. It's 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 uh it's weird to see things in the in the at the goalpost level now. You're like, oh, dude, this is totally gonna happen. You know, like it's already ha- like it's it's not even the the question anymore. Where it used to be, just like, oh, what's this? it's just it's this. How long can they hold out? But it's gonna happen. You know what I mean? And I I I, I predicted. Like three, four years ago, I said around 2020 because I was just thinking of the irony of, of like clear, having clear vision finally. I was like, dude, in 2020, we're gonna nah. like, we're gonna like clean our eyes and be like, holy shit, I can see. Weed is the answer. You know what I mean? That was my whole little philosophy. And now it's kind of getting close. Like it might happen. And you know, because I, what do you think, Adam? Since or, since you're like right there in, in the heart, of the belly of the beast. 2021 is when we would see the big change happen and the and the laws pass. I I just don't have much faith in the Republican. Congress to pass a meaning, meaningful legislation. I feel like they're setting it up for big corporations, uh, and they're trying to squeeze out the uh, cottage industry, which is everywhere. It's in every it's in every state. So we have to figure out a way to uh, have federal legalization that pr- that pr- protects the cottage industry that exists, rather than t- training it over to just a s- small number of Wall Street backed uh, firms. Um, and there is a role for Wall Street firms in this whole thing and raising investment revenue and things like that and, and letting people put their life savings into cannabis stocks, I guess. But uh, really, uh, you know, what we're doing now, what David is trying to do with Brother David's is, um, is, the rea- is a reaction to that. It's saying, no, we want small holders. We, we want variety. We, we want culture. Uh, we want regenerative, organic agriculture to be how we derive our cannabis um, and we want to move away from the prohibition model which is ultimately the indoor cultivation um, you know which is you know we're starting to hear more and more about the, just the vast amount of energy um, and you know sort of resource extraction necessary to, to do indoor cultivation versus a regenerative system that you know is supporting a bigger ecology cleaning up the carbon in the atmosphere uh, so having that, like, you know, the Jack Herrera vision of how cannabis can save the planet, we're still with it. Like, that's, that's who is, you know, uh, pretty much, well, for David also, it's, it's, I guess it's Amsterdam. Are you there, David? I'm here, man. Do you want to get your video on? Is it on? Oh, wait, is my video not on? No. I don't think it's on. Is this video on? Oh. No, no his video's not. Oh, there it goes. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I'll, get you, I'll get you in there. Come guys. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? Uh uh, you know, to, to Adam, to your original question, like, um, I think, you know, we are going to get 20 more states in 2020. Um, you know, we've got majority re- support in the Republican Party. So so deep red states are in play. Florida is likely going to be in play. Um, you know, just winning. I think if we do win in some like really key Republican states that even with the Republican Congress that I think, Adam, like, uh, you know, your points well taken that the kind of legalization we'll get will obviously be not as great. But um, you know, it plays to the libertarian states' rights, and it's probably going to be some form of a, a state. States are um, allowed to, you know, legalize or not without federal interference. I could see something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but we'll have with 20 more states in 2020, we'll have majority in the Senate and House uh, from legalized states. 
but then to you know what Adam's talking about, yeah, I mean, it's obviously what we're we're seeing in cannabis. Uh, what's happening? What happens to all legal commodity crops, which is big ag, industrial ag moves in and um, farms unsustainably in ecologically destructive ways, socially disruptive ways, dislocates established small farming communities and uh, you know traditionally in the developing world who are forced off their land and then have to work for slave wages on big plantations. But the form here with cannabis is just, yeah, these just massive indoor grows that are uh, totally unsustainable. I think that I've seen stats that like 1% of the nation's energy is now going into these indoor grow operations, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just so fossil fuel intensive and chemical intensive when you can just farm it sustainably and organically. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. on that tip, on that tip, uh, you know, like I get, you know, I was talking to Adam earlier, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, we're, how are we gonna, how are we gonna do this? Because you know how it's gonna go. It's gonna go." And pew, pew. Uh, but I mean, as far as like, uh, you know, back in the day when people were, when you came, to, so let's go back to Amsterdam for for a minute because that's a place where we had to grow indoors because that was the whole reason. You know, there was no good weather. First of all, <laughs> that's one of the great, one of the bad reasons. But also, you know, we also uh, had to steal power. We had to do all the things you don't want to do as a grower. But you know you had to do what you had to do. Right. And that was kind of like the, the growers, you know, that's kind of the grower thing. Right. And nowadays, uh, to get people in line coming from that world, let's say from where they're stealing power, they're under, you know, they're doing, doing maxing out way over that they should be doing, pushing the boundaries as much as they can, because that's also, again, the guys who actually made the real big moves are the guys who had to do that because you couldn't pay for ridiculous amounts of power in the middle of a fucking you know, a neighborhood or something like that it just wouldn't work. So you got forced into that way. Nowadays though, we have the option cause we can be in the open. And I was always like, dude, if you're, why would you even, why would you never not have at least a green roof, you know, on your fucking gigantic and humongous just, uh, grow that you built indoors. I mean, why not have a green roof at least to just offset it 20%, you know what I mean? But in general, uh, you know, I think that, Back in Amsterdam, as you were, you were living in the squat, right? Remember that? Remember those days in the '95? Let's let's yeah. go back. Leiserstraat and Kaisergrox, and uh, yeah, that's where. And back in '95, uh, had a Euro pass and intersected the eighth uh, uh, annual High Times Cannabis Cup. Um, you know, the Alex Gray Goddess poster all around town, and yeah, that was a good year to get that. That was actually one of the be- one of the better years because it was so fresh. Uh, the vibe was super hot at that moment because. You know, it was, there was nothing until 93, and then 93 there was actually an event, but didn't, then word got out, and then it went from, I think, 850 on the, that year to, like, 3,000 the year you were there. It was, like, the, the biggest boom year they had or something like that, or at least 2,000-plus people, you know. It was, it was uh, interesting times. Yeah, you know, but, Adam, I want to uh, appreciate your comment there about, like, kind of where we were and um you know and that definitely the heroes growing and supplying the market for us where a lot of them were indoors by necessity and mm-hmm. um and i and i think like all of it, i mean none of us were really thinking about cultivation models like uh you know before legalization you know we were just wanted to end prohibition and sure exactly and, you know now we're just now we just got the new set of problems that we just got to address now <laughs> yeah yeah like i remember trying to figure out how to mix uh 
some solar into it because I was always like, why are we not putting solar panels on all the walls and then just using that to power the fans or something? You know what I mean? Something that we don't have so that the lights are on their own grid. They don't, they, nothing else is on the grid, just the lights. And then you max out, put a few more lights in. You know, I was always trying to, but it was fucking not cost effective because in nineties, solar shit was shit <laughs> you know what i mean so it's one of those things where you're like and if i spent ten thousand bucks i could get a fucking couple watts back you know what i mean but nowadays with the efficiency and the better quality of the solar panels and stuff if people really you know b- build g- grows green from the b- ground up and actually do indoor sort of hybrid sh- things where you're when you can use outdoor you use out you, when you can use sun you use sun and when you can't and you're in those weird parts of the country that yeah. just don't get it or whatever, then just build your grow from the ground up as a almost half, like even the minimum amount of light you can use, get that, you know what I mean? And use that to power, use that just for your, for your, any, you know, not even for growth, but just for whatever you can. And then, you know, incorporate solar and incorporate, uh, obviously high efficiency lamps that, that work as well as, cause right now I think we're at a, like we're at a good crossroads. Lighting is getting better than ever, you know? Yeah, man. And actually you're reminding me, like one of our neighbors in Vista here is um, Solitude. And they do this whole thing where they like, you know, bring outdoor lighting indoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to go check them out. Cause yeah, that, I mean, I totally appreciate that in indoor grow, there's a vast spectrum and, and definitely that can be done way better. And yeah, the, I mean, the thing is, it's not, a, it's never a, uh, you know, in, I always hate it when people are like indoor versus outdoor because we, I can tell you outdoor weed is always more special just because it's the fucking sun involved and everything's going to, you know, it's just that much more direct. Everything's there. We can try what we can do with indoor. Now, indoor has its own advantages when it comes to breeding and when it comes to, to isolation and when it comes to figuring out like, oh, shit, this actually doesn't like that. It likes this, and I live in a place that will never have that. You know, So that's how it can help, and, and it can make you be able to grow equatorial sativas even though you live in Ohio, you know what I mean? And you, you couldn't do that outdoors. You'd have issues, you know what I mean? So, so those, those things, it makes sense. And I feel like I was saying before that the lighting is getting better. It's leaps and bounds better as far as efficiency and now it's just that people are still driving cadillacs with no catalytic converter right now because they don't because the lights that most people are using are thousand watt double-ended and those things burn hot and and on per on purpose they go about 150 you know they do about 115 120 percent of their recommended <laughs> dosage when they're doing it so they they run them hot and hard and then you know you get the maximum results which is great but i think you could get the same if you just were a little more efficient and working with other lights that weren't trying to like redline the entire time and that's you know it's 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 a weird dichotomy because we don't want to lose uh growing indoors in my opinion just because i think we we would lose a lot of strains that just don't necessarily aren't aren't going to be the same thing outdoors they're going to They'll be good, but they'll be different. You know what I mean? They won't have that same structure because they're so used to being grown that way. Now that I've talked so much, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, for sure. And I think point well taken that there there are, uh, let's say, exceptions to the rule. Um, but I think uh, in, in definitely, there, you know, can be better light, you know, lighting systems, more efficient. And one of the key partners for Sun Under Certification is the Cannabis Conservancy. And, you know, they, they definitely have a program for indoor as well. Um, it's not not under sun and earth, um, and you know I just, just want to recognize that for sure. But I think you know just what we want to like see is like this just kind of regenerative gold star outdoor sun grown in the soil without chemicals, fair labor, you know like just 
the way we should be consuming all our food and clothes and soap and personal care and everything. Mm-hmm. We should be you know, growing our medicine ideally in the same way um, and just kind of raising the consciousness and shifting agriculture generally to a more regenerative, sustainable basis, which now covers one third of the Earth's surface and is under industrial, you know, horrible mismanagement and is a huge contributor to climate change and all kinds of huge problems that, um, you know, just, the, you know, we're living through the sixth great extinction event, you know, and uh, a, lot, a lot of that driven by agriculture and, you know, the rising demand for meat and animal products. And we just got to reduce that level of animal products and get the animals out of their cages and integrate it back at a sustainable population level back on the farms and in the farming ecosystems and a balance of plant and animal life like exists in a wild ecosystem. And so that's what you're seeing up in the Emerald Triangle and the farms we're partnered with. It's, you know, just like really high level, like, or, you know, back to the land pioneers. Yeah, I was reading reading that this morning and I was like, wow, he's picked out the granoliest of the granoliest crew right here. He He went deep granola right now. He went like, like elbow deep in granola on this one. I was amazed. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the elbow. Yeah. I was like, no, but they're, they look like, and I know a few of those people also from the, the winners, the guys who won the uh, Emerald Cup. I was there that year. Um, but, you know, that's the thing is it's like the, uh, we've had, you know, Dragonfly Earth Medicine on the show and, and people like that. And you can just tell that people who take it seriously, do it right, um, and are going to end up, you know, at the end of the day, it's, 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 uh, I'm, I'm so on it with you as far as like the reality is that that's the only stuff we should be smoking and at the, and people will figure that out, but it takes, you know, it's just like organic food. People took forever to get on the bandwagon. Like they'd just be like, yeah, it's expensive. You know what I mean? It'd be like, dude, it's, it's definitely cheaper than going to the fucking hospital and getting, you know, triple bypass or something like that. So you may want to think about it. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, uh, now it's like, brought the price of organic food down because there's competition and actually people I've noticed, you know, it's got, it's in my opinion, stabilized a lot because it used to be kind of like whatever the hell they wanted because you didn't really have any competition and less, and it wasn't enough people to make the the change. And now everybody wants fucking organic, you know? So you really see some, even the conventional food is trying to upgrade itself into a more natural version of itself to compete with the organic. Like there, there are, they're reformulating left and right, and you know the meat and the meat and the cheese aisle right now in most supermarkets, where you know even Oscar Mayer is trying to get all of their nitrates out of their meat because there's that. so much evidence yeah. that these products cause cancer. And uh, but you know, getting back to cannabis for a second here, um, you know, I think the the federal policy that we are looking at right now is a state's rights approach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to people that are already established in the industry, especially people kind of at the top of the pile, uh, they, they're they not necessarily looking for any major changes to the way things are being done right now. But, uh, you know, in Washington, D.C., for instance, we have the most expensive cannabis in the country, $600 ounces in the dispensaries. Uh, all the cannabis has to be grown within the 10 square mile, 10 mile square of Washington, D.C. And, and so we have the most expensive warehouse space in the country combined with uh, indoor cultivation. And it's great for the power company. It's great for all the infrastructure, everybody who has to build it. But ultimately, it, it soaks the consumer. And they end up getting a product that very few strains uh, are being grown. 
It's a sea of green, real quick and fast auto flower kind of situation, um, you know, and, and, the, and the consumer's just being treated like crap. And so one of the things, you know, like David and I have been, you know, we're thinking long term, and we're thinking a couple years down the line, like you were asking earlier, is how do we get the conversation to go to interstate commerce and people not be afraid of that? Uh, and, and people, we actually see it as the most fair thing to do because right now the consumers, I mean, there's still a vibrant underground economy in, in the District of Columbia. Probably 95% of the cannabis that's used here is smuggled into the district from out of state. Right. So when you do a state's rights approach, we're still, it's, you're just helping 5% of the market. Maybe in a state like you know Michigan, it's probably a much higher percentage is being produced inside the state. But I think there should be national brands. You should be able to sell your brand in all 50 states if you want to. We have to have universal home cultivation rights, just like we have federal uh, home brewing rights. Mm -hmm. We need the same thing for home cultivation. We need to have like a baseline where if you don't like the prices in your state or you don't like the way the state's regulating it, you can just grow it for yourself. And as long as you don't start selling that, it's perfectly legal. That needs to be like a baseline, right? So we're kind of like, you know, I think we're really concerned about consumers and, and how they fit into this picture. and. You're a longtime industry person. I mean, you, you have a lot more knowledge than David and I have, I think, when it comes to strains and like the history of all the breeding that was going on underground. Um, and now it's coming out above ground, and uh, there's a whole fight over who owns what strains. And oh, yeah, you it's, know, it's fun. I mean, that's the one part of the show which is fun because a lot of times it, it gets down to that like, I think I was actually there when that fucking went down. Let me, let me make a call, you know, and you make, oh, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I remember when he said that. No, no, he didn't say that at all. He said that. Oh, shit. And then, you know, it's like, and it, and those things are, are like little, they just get like, they're like a, if you just hit a hit a meteor by like a, a tap and it went off of course and then, it you know, all of a sudden it's a thousand miles off course. It's like the same deal where it's just those, those stories get so demented after a while. <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, my God, you'd have to have been there. There's no other way to know, you know. Well, yeah. So I guess we, how do we get to this, you know? Hey, Adam, I just wanted to interject real yeah. quick. Sure. Uh, that, uh, that, uh, that the most expensive cannabis ever grown in Washington, D.C. was actually my industrial hemp plants <laughs> that I was in oh, front of the White House. That's because true. we had to interrupt two, two medical cycles to get it to seed, you know, uh -huh. to harvest the seeds, right? So I had to pay like fucking twice the going medical rate for my industrial hemp plants that I harvested in the... Uh, yeah, that was Cajun. actually. I was watching that video. We'll uh, we'll post the link. On, I think uh, yeah, we can post the link of that uh, on the show for sure. But uh, we were talking about it earlier, Adam and I, about that. So there was only one cage incident where you got arrested. He was saying, right? I thought it was two because I was yeah. I was looking at the yeah. video and I was like, so you because I know you're wearing the hoodlum. And we were all super proud of that back in the day. We were like, he's wearing a hoodlum. Yeah. He's getting arrested. It was good, and I was like protecting me from all the sparks when they were like sawing me out there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, one, it was one of those campaigns that uh, definitely took balls, obviously. And I, but I was uh, the video that I watched because I was checking out all your links in t this morning, and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot more going on than I thought." I was like, "Oh, he's there. He's thrashing the plants. He's dead. And he's making up some food. He's got some hemp dip thing going on. He knows they're coming." You know, I was like, "It was like, oh, there's a lot, lot more happening on that video. It seemed like a, it captured a lot uh, of stuff that I didn't ever got to saw before. All I ever saw before was sad you in the thing, or first <laughs> like happy, then sad, then yeah. getting handcuffed again, again." Yeah, no, I mean, it was obviously it was, uh, you know, uh, the fourth year of Obama's first term. And we were just incredibly disappointed that the same drug warriors and policies were in place and that, some, you know, that 
an administration that was supposed to base its its policies on science and reason, uh, you know, versus its predecessor was, you know, a non-drug agricultural crop was still Schedule One, and it was just so ridiculous and disappointing. So that was, in a way, that was my graduate activist graduation project because Adam's like, you know, he's been arrested 24 times, and and the first arrest that I got that you were referring to was 2009 when we dug up the DA's lawn and planted the hemp seeds. Uh, yeah, uh, and that. Um, and that was in honor of Jack and after his stroke. And we were pretty pissed at that point, you know, in the second year that nothing had happened. And so we dug up the DA's lawn and planted hemp seeds and got arrested with, with special shovels that uh, said, uh, Reefer Bat Madness will be buried. American farmers will grow hemp again. And uh, and it was like putting stakes into the heart of the vampire. Yeah. You know? And I was saying we were super stoked then again because we had the George, we started that Georgian jail campaign around the same time. And it was like, didn't couldn't be more obviously synchronized with that whole with with well with that event and actually with your next event I should I mean we should have seen the the irony right we should have seen that one coming around the corner like George in jail wait we already had we had David and George in jail at that one but but no in general we had the, you guys put that sticker up at the DEA and that was the last shot of that video which was awesome because it was like the end still shot was our our uh, George in jail campaign but so. Beautiful. Hanging in there each time. I was like, hoodlum, <laughs> we're doing something. No, it was, uh, so, so back in the 95 when you were there, um, you, was it just like a time off or something? Or was it just chilling? Or was there, was there an intention there beyond? Uh... Well, um, uh, <clears throat> my parents had got me a, a year rail pass for, uh, after graduation. And, um, you know, I started in London and got to, Am and obviously Amsterdam was kind of like the, main like one of the main destinations and was you know the cannabis uh mecca um and uh but you know getting there and just kind of um you know meeting some rad cats and and you know hey come come stay in the squat and you know just meeting this international cast of characters mm -hmm. and, you know these activists and growers and artists and the whole squat community there was just so so amazing and you know just and and just really um you know, mind and heart blowing. I, had, I was going through some massive psychedelic experiences at the time, and and in my squat actually was Sam Smith and a, and another cat that were um, part of our church, which was an Arkansas-based uh, church in '93 that formed with cannabis as its sacrament, and um, and and of course the feds busted it up and, and arrested everybody, and, and a couple of these guys, Sam included, were in my squat had had fled the country and. And it was really like a real, I don't know, it was like my political awakening to the just disaster of American policy and, and you know, the, the most beautiful people I'd ever met were facing 10 years to life if they set foot back in the country. And that, you know, just waking up that this is the sacrament of our people, you know, this is what's going to save us and our other psychedelic al allies. And that the, there's a, you know, waking up to the religious dimension of the drug war as a war on the sacrament of my people that are you know, lives being shredded and destroyed and just we need to stand up and and end this. And, you know, I just dedicated my life at that point. I mean, I came back, sold all my stuff, uh, announced to my parents that I was going to grow cannabis and uh, had become vegan. You know, just the whole insights of just the ecological catastrophe going down on the planet with Western consumption styles. And, you know, to now I'm in solidarity with the high pasture based uh, operations, but uh, not, you know, disaster meat is just, you know, horrible. And so much of agriculture goes on to inefficiently feed these animals in cages. Mm -hmm. Anyways, moved back to Amsterdam to grow plants. 
and continue my spiritual quest. Um, and uh, my parents, I think, were more upset actually about me becoming vegan than uh, moving back to Amsterdam to grow plants. Really? But that didn't quite all pan out. But uh, you know, I, I had to, just a series of adventures and then uh, moved back to Boston and became a mental health counselor in the Boston area while my um, girlfriend then and then my who became my wife. Uh, uh, although we're now separated, um, uh, finished up school and just continued my whatever soul quest there. And, and uh, but Amsterdam was just this hugely formative uh, experience where uh, you know it was my heart and mind just blew open to the levels of the light and love at the heart of this existence and the midst of the suffering and absurdity that that is the transcendental ground and source and all the faith traditions are pointing at that at their best. And, um, and that's what my granddad was talking about mm -hmm. really viscerally realized that this is, um, this is the deepest truth and, um, and that the psychedelic sacraments and cannabis are like crucial allies, um, on the path, especially I think for the Western psyche and the malaise and disconnection and alienation we have from them nature and each other and yeah i mean what you're saying there about your grandfather his message was like so intense but yet so simple and like one of those things where uh as a kid just like everybody who used dr Barnes, because I'm, I'm you know i came from i was born in woodstock in 69 so my family is pretty hippie nice. and so they they you know it was dr bronner's soap from day one and there was a weird time when i actually saw the label and was like wait a minute it's got hemp in it now like what the fuck is have I have I not yeah. seen that before? And so, when was the exact time period that you guys added the hemp? And when, like, kind of when, like that, because that's after Amsterdam, pretty much, obviously, I assume. And then, and how far? Yeah. How much of that so, had to do with that? Those experiences. Yeah, and, and you know, so I, um, so I gotten my or or Chris, um, my uh, the mother of of Maya, um, uh, we gotten pregnant, and and Maya was born on the same day Dr. Browner died, March seventh, and. This is, I'm doing mental health counseling and just journaling a lot. I had a lot of time to really go deep and, you know, I had realized that, hey, you know, as, um, if a company like Dr. Bronner's would offer me a job, I'd go for it in a second, even though, like, kind of my relevant, um, the only thing I knew graduating college was I did not want to work for my family company. And, you know, not that my, you know, I love my dad, but just wanted to do something else with my life. And that was going to be cannabis. And then it was counseling. But then I'm like, wow, man. Just, just really appreciating what my granddad's project in the world is, and mm -hmm. and this amazing engine and company he built, and finally really grokking it. Um, let my dad know I was interested in rejoining the company, and which was crucial because he was diagnosed shortly thereafter with stage four lung cancer, and um, we had a, just a very intense year together while he just really downloaded the ropes. Um, with me and yeah but you know i when i joined the company i mean i committed that i'm gonna you know run it in the same way that my granddad had, had founded it and my dad and mom and uncle were running it which is as an activist engine uh for social and environmental change yeah uh, and uh and and obviously like one of my driving passions by that had that time it formed and it remains my driving passion is responsible integration of cannabis and psychedelic medicines as fast as possible in the American and global culture so we can help wake up and, you know, grapple with and deal with these huge environmental and social problems and just be way awesomer 
people <laughs> for sure you know, for so sure. for sure so so you know uh, you know opening up cultural space for cannabis you know obviously reading jack harris you know i was found form foundational uh jack harris uh emperor wears some clothes yep. was um just such a you know obviously the hidden history of cannabis and hemp and just such amazing industrial and medical and spiritual yeah applications and so that was in 99, we, we put the hemp seed oil as a super fatting ingredient into the soaps. Mm -hmm. um, hemp seed is really high in the omega-3 and six fatty acids, which makes the soaps lather much smoother and less drying, which is you know how I convinced my family to, to go for it. But you know, obviously the activist thing is here, all of a sudden you're taking a major brand mm -hmm. um, in, a, you know, in a still pretty like um, stigmatized time. You know, it was hard for yeah. do anything cannabis or hemp related and being even like any, you know, in Whole Foods, right? There, there, there was just no, very few hemp products. And so for like a major national brand like Bronner, so I also put hemp in, you know, it was just like a kind of a major move. My first like major activist move, um, uh, and, you know, and setting up a big showdown with the uh -huh. DEAs. And did you get, and did you get hassled out of the gate with that? Like, did anybody come to you and say, where are you getting all this oil? Where are you getting all this oil, man? What's going on? <laughs> because... Well, you know, I mean, I guess in part we were kind of, you know, like Can Canada had just commercialized in uh, uh, industrial hemp in 98. And I guess we were kind of just all thinking we were going to get gore and hopefully some kind of rat, you know, semi-rational cannabis policy. And, you know, but instead we got Bush. And um, so, yeah, so pretty much right away there was like hat problems at the border and, you know, customs and seizures and um, and then that was, you know, kind of escalating and then 9-11 hit and, you know, there was just a, you know, countries traumatized, the right wing got <laughs> the wish list and they went after industrial hemp, medical cannabis, all the dispensaries, they went after your organs, euthanasia law, you know, they just like just immediately, you know, obviously invade Iraq, you know, just did all fulfill their like kind of right wing dreams of, uh, you know, uh, just whatever. So, um, we uh we were given 60 days to dump inventory and i guess we were in all in hawaii and you know adam like you were saying kind of earlier here about like kind of how the tide you know the inevitable you know now the tide is so with us and it's ending prohibition so obviously we're right there it's so inevitable but mm -hmm. i remember back then in 2000 2001 in october we were there in maui and it's like holy shit man it was a fucking dark time and i remember just feeling the tide you know as this man this tide is going to be against us and it's going to be it's all about fucking just holding position, you know, and like holding what we got, which is just, you know, importation of, of hemp seed oil for and, and seed derivatives for food and body care products and just to fight that fight. Um, and we were we were given 60 days to dump the inventory on and we had to dump it by February 6, 2002. And um, and then we had our we scored our well, first of all, to, to beat the, the media blackout. That's when I met Adam. Uh is uh it was like okay well how do we like penetrate this media blackout you know and and so adam cooked up this idea the dea hemp taste tests kind of a kind of a play i don't know on uh on the acid and test also, it know. wasn't just me it was students for sensible drug policy which was a brand new organization at the time and is now like you know a major institutionalized group uh stop the drug david borden uh eric steenstra vote hemp there was like this team coming together. It all came together right after September 11th. Uh, prior to that, I was an anti-globalization activist and was in the news constantly in D.C. for organizing anti-globalization protests for fair trade and canceling the debt for poor countries. 
Um, and I've been interested in hemp really since the late nineties as well, because, and, and visited Amsterdam and had a whole experience of my own in Amsterdam that with, uh, uh, with concentrates for the first time and, and, uh, you know, having like a psychedelic experience on concentrates. But that said, like David and I, I remember when we met, we like instantly clicked and started working like very aggressively on this. And the whole country was still mourning like you know 9 11 remember do you remember like were you in the united states at all no, then, Adam? no i was still in Amsterdam. but because the whole country shut down i mean there was yeah. nothing on television but 9 11 there were for a month and you know there was no flights for a whole week even after 9 11 and the country really did shut down but we we were like one of the first things that wasn't this horrible you know disaster uh um we were one of the first things to kind of get into the news that there's actually people caring about something else that's not, you know, this death and destruction. That, that, like, that, that's news. People yeah, caring about something else. Like, we got on TV stations all across the country. Yeah. There were about 40 uh, actions that happened on the same day uh, all across the country. There were a couple, there was one arrest, you know, an overzealous uh, DA agent who didn't like the fact they were outside their offices. One that we, we did some snooping and were able to get many of their unlisted offices, which they would use for undercover operations. So at some of their operations were actually inside shopping malls and things. And they were actually, they had fronts, like they were accountants or they had some other job. They weren't actually DEA agents. So they were particularly upset when like there was a news crew and a bunch of students and they're like, this is their secret office. No one's supposed to know they're there, and so well, well you should just do it. Just have uh, awesome protests from my perspective. It was like t- tactically, it really it was really exciting, and and meanwhile, it got press. And yeah, you know, Adam will just explain what 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 the action is. I mean, yeah, it was amazing, but it was like basically the idea was that we would set up uh, demo tables, like to, like food demo tables, in front of DEA offices across the country and serve hemp foods, obviously bagels and orange juice. And basically highlight that, you know, that the trace THC in hemp foods was no more significant than the trace opiates in poppy seed, which is no more significant than the trace alcohol in orange juice. And that this was just completely hip, hip, hypocritical bullshit. And, and, and yeah, to have a point, like, yeah, we had, like, you know, activists setting up tables in front of, like, DA offices around the country. We were, we were outside the DA, like, what did they build this stupid, like, right away after 9-11, they built a museum linking the war on drugs to the war on terror. And, you know, because that was where the money was. And so they built this, like, stupid museum. And that's where we were uh, doing the tabling in D.C. In and front the, museum, of- the museum actually had, uh, like, a, a 9-11 survival kit where there was, like, duct tape, <laughs> some plastic, and a little bottle of Dr. Bronner's. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody set up that museum was, like, fucking, yeah. It, like, survived. It was, like, this weird end exhibit. And it had the surviving bioterrorism and... And yeah, it was like a gas mask, and then like a Bronner's hemp peppermint, fucking soap. It was yeah, like so we had an. That's all I want. That's all I would. I, I would run just with that. You know what I mean? It's one of those. That's a. That's pretty much a choice between that and clothes. You'd be like, I'll take the soap. <laughs> I'll just kill. I'll make some clothes. Yeah. So Adam, uh, I just want to say on this point though, the point, even though we did a lot of hijinks at first to get the media to focus on this, it really was Joe Sandler and David. And Patrick Goggin and this like legal team that came together, and Eric as well, and, and it was a legal and media machine that went on for basically three years, four, uh, four years until 2004, 
uh, early 2004, we got the final victory yeah. when the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals preserved the right to sell cannabis, uh, hemp, industrial hemp, um, for, and, you know, foods. So. Yeah, well, and, and guess what? So the February 6th was when we were supposed to dispose inventory. So February 5th, is when we got this the court ordered stay that backed DEA down and you know and allowed the case to proceed and like allowed sales of hemp foods while the case was being decided. So that was a huge initial victory. And then that final victory in 2004 was also February 6th, a 3-0 unanimous decision in the ninth, which included Judge Kaczynski, who uh, he was the darling of the right wing Federalist. So once you got him, there was no way the Supremes were going to accept a case that you know and and with with. Kaczynski on our side, and uh, that was also February 6th, and that's Bob Marley's birthday. So in both cases, we had this like deep synchronicity. <laughs> there of, you go. Uh, there you go. go. Yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, those are some serious victories. And the thing is, like, uh, like again, uh, at this point in time, it's still not even. I don't think comprehensible that we we're going to be where we were right where we are now because, like, I was, I was. It's amazing with the cannabis world how how disappointed we we're so good at getting disappointed. It's amazing. Like we're the we're the only people that could like literally be disappointed on every day, but as long as it came through once in a while and it made sure you know we're good. <laughs> but if we're like yeah, it's not going to work. You know, what I mean? we've seen that especially when it comes to uh, what you guys are up against. You know, so uh, you, you know, you know, Adam. It was like yeah, it was such a David Goliath you know uh, uh, fight, and and a lot of the key allies and like like top managers and brawners were basically um in that fight like these key people like sandler joe sandler's like being our corporate attorney and um you know adam and and ryan their pr firm uh you know this actor's pr firm became brawners basically pr firm and and then you know adam's our director of social action and, and you know leads our activism efforts um uh, Les and Christina, like our, our you know, marketing and, and biz dev are hempsters. They found a living uh, uh, or ancient harvest and then living harvest. Um, Carol Lassone. Yeah, man, we got all our key. So, yeah, it was just this key, you know, this like awesome fight and there's a crash course in fighting government and administrative law and how to do it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just really helped us you know, kind of get ready for a lot of other fights that we're in and, you know, a lot of other causes that, that really we were able to cut our teeth and, um, you know, just put together like a really multifaceted team, you know, on public relations and grassroots mobilizing and, you know, legal fighting and lobbying and just like learned a lot about how to play the game and, you know, and win. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. that, and that led to Hoodlam too, for me at least, uh, Hulam was like the best example we have. We still may really is of a, like a hemp brand with the clothing and showing the whole like there's a whole lifestyle. Like we we started wearing hemp all the time, so uh, we were wearing a few other brands as well. But like you know that the you know, Hulam had the secret pocket, it still does. Oh, and, yeah. You know, now and it's, it now like, it's not it, though. Now it's, it's not. It's not like, secret anymore, bro. You just fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined it, dude. You just ruined it for everybody now. Wait, just, nobody watches this uh, show. <laughs> I know. It's all, yeah, all six of them are gonna go run out and go like, dude. No, Actually, I, I noticed. I you know I I would like to hear more about this show when you, if you want to talk about it. But uh, I've noticed you get, you get like two thousand viewers a week on this show, which is we, significant. We get we get it, we get our fair share. Sometimes it depends on the category, but you know it's a it's a good crew. That's the thing. They're actually the people who listen to the show they're all half of them are trimming weed at least like 
maybe three quarters of them. And so it's literally become a whole thing. Like you go to trim weed, you listen to the Adam Dunn show because he's so fucking long and he never shuts up. So they get one nugget every show. That's the deal. I, I kind of promise them a nugget and occasionally I fuck up, but normally there's a couple and all I need is one or two things like, holy shit, I never knew that. And then you're like, ah, oh, it's a great show. But, you know, no, in general, it's uh, it's fun because I got people like you guys who are all, always fun to hang out with. And then we're getting it tighter and tighter with our with our uh, graphics and making it more cool. Because before it was literally, you know, single shot, bad, dark, dingy, me just dr- talking circles. But, you know, sometimes there'd be a good one. And then I had this, you know, we, we, we've built up. With the, our key is that we uh, deal with a lot of breeders who now finally want to have some fucking recognition. And they were doing things back in the day. And or and or we, we, you know they just want to we kind of have a uh that that crowd anyway already and it's like it's one of those things where the people who come in that don't really understand what the fuck i'm talking about they they're usually like because the combination of the growers that we bring on are way too high, way too you know on point for them uh but in general it's it's really focused it's become it's interesting our show has become based on our, our, our when we do our uh, checks it's mostly about uh breeding and organics those are the two things people are most interested in you know and so that's where you know most of our like most of our sponsors are 100 percent organic based companies there's one company not but you know it's like in in general uh as close as it can be and then you're uh you know as far as uh are most of the people who who listen to the show are kind of no till no till curious basically is what we would try to classify them as you know what i mean they're they've been growing their whole way doing cocoa or doing whatever now they wanted to grow no till and we've had you know we, we kind of work on that lowenfeld and inga uh elaine ingham and things like that a lot of you know core soil people that's what we've always kind of focused our shows on so we're, we're kind of on the same path you know what i mean we're but we're doing it from a we don't even know which way we're going path so so as a show we kind of roll with the punches and have any we'll have anybody on board but those are the ones that are the most popular are the breeding and organics and those seem to be the people that uh you know get the most out of the show and i think in the long run too because there's a lot to learn in all in uh in all those things and it's lots to remember in the breeding and there's a lot to learn in the in the organic world you know yeah I don't know. Super dope. And, you know, I feel like, um, you know, hemp, like a lot of the hamsters, the OG hamsters and, and, you know, just OG, uh, growers and, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, you know, hemp was always like kind of that the perfect nexus of, of drug policy reform and cannabis reform and integrating our, you know, number one plant ally. Um, and then also re- agricultural reform and, and transitioning agriculture to a sustain- sustainable regenerative basis and mm-hmm. kind of bringing together those two passions of, you know, integrating the medicines and regenerating agriculture with, with industrial hemp and integration of hemp in a, you know, regenerative organic rotation. Um, you know, that's, that's always been kind of the, the twin passions. And it's really awesome this, that you've got that going on here, right here in the show. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing is it's like, uh, it's weird because it's kind of like you, you, a lot of us have, like, like I quit drinking two years ago and now it's like, you know, there's there's that whole like, 
we're all getting into that zone where we're like realizing like alcohol is not the right vibration to be in at all. Right. There's no point like that's that. That's the first, I think that's one of the first things you got to figure out. If you can't figure that out, you might have a problem as far as long-term sort of longevity in your life or whatever, just because alcohol is the most obvious thing you want to quit. If you want to actually gain 10 years or fucking 20, lose 20 pounds or <laughs> nothing but good options coming out of that, you know, um, as we move like, but but you guys have been supporting, you know, every mind expanding sort of group <laughs> coming out in, in the last ten years or more, and uh, but now is like kind of a final point where all your all, same with the hemp was like if you look back at any videos now and you you see yourself talking about the positive uses of hemp and hemp being the future and you know predicting your, your I don't remember predicting too many dates because I didn't think it was ever going to happen. So I just was like in the future, you know, I mean, I was like generally talking about it, but, uh, now the shit's so real and so happening that it's like, you know, yeah, we're, we're, we're at that time in our life where it's like, we may, you know, we actually will see the, the whole flip flop of this thing. And, but it's kind of also sad too, because don't you see the commercialization just gobbling up the, the minds of the people who don't have a clue when they're smoking vape pens that they bought off of who like whatever. And, you know, they're not, yeah. not paying attention. They're just looking at how cheap it is and what flavor of the week or. Cause I know you're, yeah. cause your brand, well, you tell us a little more about your brand and, and like that, the uh, brother David's new, uh, cause we talked about it earlier about the farm, well, you know, but at the same time, like finished product in stores, where's it, how's it, how's that all work and stuff? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, right on. So, so uh, you know, uh, just really speaking to that point about, um, you know, well, obviously we're integrating uh, cannabis quickly here, and then MDMA is next up. Twenty twenty one, we have FDA approval of uh, MDMA psycho, you know, therapy, MDMA assisted therapy for tr treatment resistant PTSD, and that'll then be off labeled to all kinds of. Uh, conditions and then we got psilocybin therapy coming through we got a really exciting measure in oregon obviously denver just uh, decriminalized and we gave 10 grand to that by the way oh awesome that, uh, so we're yeah. actually going to have travis at the last half hour i was going to have him come on it and just kind of chat anyway because i figured uh you either see i always i was going to link you all up but you obviously already took care of yourself but now it'd be fun to uh they're gonna have him on for the last uh, half hour of the show so yeah, but uh, yeah, but so so you know so we're we're integrating all these like crucial allies, but yeah, one of the major things we need to wake up to and care about is like how are we producing the medicines and the foods and clothes we we consume? Like we should not be consuming cannabis produced in a totally unsustainable, destructive way. I mean, this is what's driving us off the climate change cliff is is just the way just consuming unconsciously and not really thinking about it, and that defaults to the machine. And and so Brother David's, you know, we, we what we see in Bronner's, like, you know, all our major supply chains, because um, I remember when I first came into Bronner's, I met the cats at Guayaquil, Yerba Monte, um, you know, David and Stephen Carr and, sure. and Chris Mann and just these like rag cats. And, you know, they had this beautiful model of partnering with the Guayaquil tribe and um, in uh, Paraguay or, or, or wherever in South America that, you know, to, you know, like to give them an economic, sustainable basis to stay on their land and, and keep the rainforest intact and this like beautiful model. And, and I, you know, I remember like, Oh yeah, well, where's our coconuts coming from? Where's our olives coming from? You know, I had no idea. Like everybody we were buying on price and spec and not had no visibility or transparency to the where, where and how it was being produced. Um, 
And that's kind of led to this race to the bottom around the world. It's like pitting farming communities against each other, each other and, mm-hmm. and often like big corporate industrial plantations come in and they're just very ecologically and socially destructive. So we, um, we partnered in for coconut oil. We've got a, a, a beautiful operation in Sri Lanka that grew out of a tsunami relief effort. Um, and we partner with thousands of coconut farms there to, to grow our coconuts, which we process into the oil for our soaps and, and culinary oil. Um, we got a really cool palm oil project in Ghana, a similar a sister company that's partnered with farms, and they're now intercropping cocoa, banana, and cassava. And so you have different canopy heights, maximizing photosynthetic capture and you know, doubling yields and reducing pests and weed pressures and um, you know, taking two of the world's worst crops as far as they're conventionally grown, which is palm and cocoa, and showing how if you do it in a dynamic interplanted uh, planned way mm-hmm. that you can actually do it in a really ecological uh, manner. Um, our olive oil comes from uh, both Palestinian, well, predominantly Palestinian farmers in the West Bank. Um, and to be clear, we're not uh, anti-Israel about that. We also source the balance from a Jewish family farm and an Arab Christian project. Uh, so we've got Jewish, Muslim, uh, Christian, olive oil and our soap. Just yeah. really reflect that granite ethos, and you know, Adam's got the uh, El Yaro Greenleaf Party. Sure, we were early supporters back, you know, back in Israel. That's a, a play on the police. I don't know the Hebrew term. That's like the police wear a shirt like that, of course, without a cannabis leaf. Um, you know, of we course, gave, you got to do that. That's the most obvious. Yeah, <laughs> in, in, when you're there, yeah, you want to do it straight to that. And, and we gave fifty grand to a um, cannabis dispensary, Takun Alam. Which is now, I guess, a big brand out, you know, worldwide. But um, they back ten years ago, you couldn't sell cannabis, but you could give it away. So we financed that period, and you know, now Israel is like obviously on fire in, in the cannabis world. But anyway, so um, what we saw with legalization, um, you know, and then of course we legalized weed. You know, we've been fighting that fight in 2010, Prop 19 in California, uh, which was pretty disorganized and ill-advised campaign on one level, but on the other, I remember coming out of the burn and like, wow, man, I can't turn around without hearing the first serious national conversation about any prohibition. That wasn't like a joke. Mm-hmm. And I was like, win or lose, man, this is a campaign we're supporting. And, you know, and then it set things up for, for Colorado and, and Washington in 2012, you know, breaking through in a, such a huge way. And then 2014, we realized in DC, you know, Adam was a campaign manager and we were the main financial backers and, and then Oregon, of course, and, and Alaska, and then 2016, we're on the tables. Um, but uh, but anyway, so brother, like we're you know the same problem with all these you know as we are legalizing now we're seeing the same problems that all commodity crops have, which is you know, industrial agriculture comes in and and starts farming in you know really ecologically and socially destructive ways, um, and uh, in and you know and and tell your points about like kind of where the you know the challenges of cannabis and the black operating in the black market and, and having to navigate all that um uh you know are, are all really well taken but you know a lot of those farms and just all these this farmer ecosystem that's been supplying the market all these years now all of a sudden they're facing you know these huge corporate grows indoor or outdoors that are a lot of them are you know chemical intensive they're not sustainable they're displacing this like kind of beautiful kind of cannabis farming ecosystem that and the culture that's um you know been the case for decades and all and a lot of these guys are back to the land like multi-generational farms and um so 
Brother David's is uh, basically partnering with these farms, and and we're and we and when we looked around in the cannabis space, we're like, you know, who's the kind of like the Dr. Bronner's of cannabis? Like who who's going to market in partnership with farms, and you know, not trying to play them off it or vertically integrating, but mm-hmm. you know, working you know in partnership with farms and and found Flocana. Uh, read a read an article by Mikey, the the, the CEO in, in HuffPo, and I was like, damn, man, I could have written that article. And um, and so we um, and we'd already been working trying to figure out one of our main solutions that we were trying to put forward was a was a consumer facing standard because because of federal prohibition, cannabis farmers can't access the USDA organic program because uh, the, the term organic is federally regulated and you can't use it. Um, and we weren't like super thrilled with the existing certifications, so we we were we were interested in like creating a multi-stakeholder process with like top regenerative farms to put forward a consumer-facing standard. And there was a couple of failed efforts, but eventually, uh, you know, uh, partnered with Cannabis Conservancy out of Colorado, uh, Certified Kine out of Oregon, um, Next Level Farmers in uh, in Emerald Triangle, and uh, and Flocana and and, and developed Sun and Earth certified. So this is this new new consumer facing standard and and um, and then we were like okay like we, well what's the most effective way of communicating this standard to consumers and cannabis consumers in the trade and we came up well you know what we should do is develop a not for profit brand platform to uh, you know communicate it in in the stores and you know to the bud tenders to the consumers uh, at, at point of sale about regenerative organic cannabis and the importance of of, of buying and, and, and supporting cannabis farmers. Um, you know, who are producing the, the medicine correctly and, and under the sun, in the soil, without chemicals, paying their workers fairly. Um, so, the, so, so Brother David's is, and, and we made it not for profit because we want to be clear that we're brand neutral. We want to see all our competitors uh, adopt sun and earth certification. We, you know, this isn't our standard, it's not Flocana's standard. We want to see everyone across the country, we want it to be like USDA organic, um, Intel inside, you know, like that's, that's the idea. Um, so we're basically plowing the profits back, uh, from brother David's into farmer training, certification costs, lobbying at state and federal levels to, uh, uh, you know, make a less burdensome regular regulatory environment for small farmers. Um, and then of course getting firepower for 2020, uh, to end, uh, 20, we want 20 more States, uh, end prohibition in 20 more States in 2020. So we want to raise 2 million bucks to do that. Um, so yeah, so that's that's basically Brother David's, and then featuring like the top flowers from these you know super righteous farmers. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what are they most proud of? You know, and kind of going to market uh, and featuring those flowers, and um, you know showing that the that sun and earth and means top quality. You know, the most amazing cannabis possible. Yeah, and like you said, doing, yeah, like- doing it the Bronner's way. You know what I mean? As far as like it's it's. Uh, it's all or none, you know what I mean? It's one, it's all one, but it's also all or none too, because well, you're not going to like have sort of organic or, you know, like uh, sourced possibly good, but maybe, you know, that much cheaper. And that's the thing is that you can't, when you don't compromise, uh, it all comes out long-term. It's, you know, it's about long longevity basically at that point, because it, it, you got to get, as long as people catch on, obviously they have with Dr. Bronner's, it's, not, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's a problem in that department, but uh the the ability to all you have to do i mean because you guys you guys literally never skimped which is the key to the whole thing like the minute you fucking right use some cheaper mix or whatever 
it just gets worse, you know what I mean? It never never tends to uh, stop there, you know? Yeah, yeah, the slippery slope right on, man. And that's, you know, that's key. And, and definitely there's been some real hard times, you know, and like a writing out a price spike in Sri Lanka coconut markets and like, like, holy shit, we could shut down our operation and move to the Philippines and recover our, you know, make that, that whole million dollars that that would take in one year, you know, and, and then, but then like staying true, writing out the price spike and entering the market with our own VCO because we had a food partner back out. And, uh, and then we entered the market and then we became the number one brand of, of, of VCO and in, in the, in the U S that's virgin and, coconut oil. Yeah. Oh yeah. There you go. Our right. listeners. That's for the listeners. Yeah. They're like, uh, it's a new <laughs> But anyways, being rewarded for staying true to the ideals, uh, for sure. Yeah, and it's the same with, and then again, it translates to growers from the same point. Like you can't skimp once, because especially in organic, it just causes a chain reaction. You know, no matter how you, once you start to like, ah, I just just round it up once. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's pretty much like you know, already we're at we're at a, at a loss. You know what I mean? At that point, uh, did did the guys who who. Uh, a lot of guys from the company that, with you, with Dr. Bronner, sort of already growers and, and that kind of, because you guys live in pretty, pretty, uh, pretty grower-rich area. Yeah, uh, well, definitely a lot of our key people came in from the cannabis world um, in one way or another. And um, yeah, a couple, uh, more than, well, a few of our cats are were growers. And uh, one of our, the, one of our main cats at uh, Brother David's is Brother Bobcat. And he was a grower up in the Emerald Triangle and, um, he was and, already, uh, already on the team though for a while. Yeah, well, he, um, yeah, he's uh, transitioned. Um, uh, yeah, into Brother David's out of uh, out of Dr. Bronner's. Uh, he's, um, you know, we're just kind of putting some of our cannabis aces mm-hmm. onto the Brother David's team. And I just want to be super clear here that Brother David's is a totally separate uh, uh, project from Dr. Bronner's. Of course. Yeah. So, so it's like Maps, and Maps has. I'm on the board of Maps, and we're going to give five million to to Maps, and we, we're basically a nonprofit pharma company, uh, bringing MDMA and, and soon other psychedelic medicines to uh, to market, but you know, separate from Bronner's. So, yeah, I think uh, that might be sorry, slightly separate from Bronner's. You'd be like, yeah, we'll keep this one on the on, on, over here, right? We're not going to mix that. No, in general, but I think the well, okay, I, I you know, <laughs> this is such a weird topic because here we are talking about public relations strategy to the whole world, right? Like, you know, how do you position your company or what you do? And, you know, I mean, really, it is David Bronner, you know, the, the man, David Bronner, saying, I want to do this cannabis activism and not linking it to the company. However, the company has emailed everybody that this is not linked and that it's happening. Um, it keeps coming up in articles. We have to constantly correct uh, in the media that, this is not actually Dr. Bronner's that's that's selling cannabis. It's mm-hmm. it's Flocana and and Brother David's uh, Sacred Allies, which is the non it, that's the nonprofit uh, hey. that owns it. And 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 also I mean, this is unique. I think it's pretty unique in the cannabis branding space, where like all profits are going to charity. Most of it's going to regenerative organic agriculture in this in the Sunrise Standard, but also a portion of it is going to fight for ending incarceration, which is still going on in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're all talking in legal states right now, but much of the cannabis that's produced in these legal states is ending up in the illegal states. 
Sure. And it's all underground. I don't know how that happens, but it's well, so it's much, happening. I mean, it's happening <laughs> it's on like a massive scale. And and I think there a lot of people have their heads in the sand when they talk about legalization and how we're going to put these really closed capitalist communist type of systems where there's only literally a dozen businesses in the state that can that are in the market. I mean, right now in D.C., there's a, the mayor has introduced a new legalization bill, which would create a distributor license where all the cannabis in the city, every single ounce, every single gram has to go through this through one distributor. And, and you know, there's so many schemes that are being put forward now by basically greedy people. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they are going to ruin cannabis if we don't fight them. So um, we have to, like, fight in our local, in our, in our communities. Like, we have to have, be like hawks, you know, and, like, really involved, like, reading every bill that's being put forth. And it's a lot. And I don't think, I, re- I really don't think, People who've been used doing cannabis underground are really equipped or, or feel like they – some are, but uh, many are not. Many are just like uh, throwing their hands up, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to stay underground. They're going to do – they're going to find some angle. Um, I mean just today I had two – a guy named King Weedy and another guy named Phone Homie. Uh, we, 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 we know them all. We know those guys. You know those guys. <laughs> of course so, we do. Of course we yeah, do. The, the national – and they came over my house and they were just pleading – for how we have to unify and fight the, the bill here, and they're getting really involved politically now because right. you know they've created these sort of gray market industries, okay. and um, and now they, they really want to become legal. So what we're developing, you know, is a messaging that sort of says, don't destroy the cottage industry. Like legalization should not destroy the cottage industry. It should try to enhance the cottage cottage industry, and and then if you want to have big companies, so be it. But the we really have to protect the cottage industry. And I think yeah, that that's a message that people can get get behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's really kind of what, you know, for bringing back Dr. Bronner's, you know, when you, you're, you're, when you're buying olive oil from uh, literally a thousand farmers in the West Bank, um, you're protecting small producers. You know, you're, you're helping them when, when there's a market for their product and they're being treated fairly and, um, and there's price, there's, price transparency and things like that. I think we're also just learning, you know, I mean, David, we, we went to the Emerald Triangle. You've gone a few times. I've only gone once so far to really meet the growers. Uh, and, and it was really exciting as someone from the East Coast to see this uh, uh, culture and lifestyle. And, you know, I watched Murder Mountain and I was sort of freaking out when I went there. <laughs> but uh, it was totally not like Murder Mountain. It was a really beautiful community and um, really good people. Uh, and then people dedicated to the crop, the plant. So meeting other people that are dedicated to the plant, you know it, you recognize it immediately. Even if, you know, a lot of, and, you know, indoor, outdoor, you can know those people. And I think we really have to band together, like, in the coming years uh, and make sure that we're speaking up and not just accepting, you know, what's being rolling down the pike. It's all, I, mean, I I'll get off my high horse now, but, uh, you know, I think we are, we are up for a little bit of a fight in the next couple of years to get it right. Yeah. Say it, brother Adam, man. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bro. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's it. I mean, just, I mean, just generally, I mean, cannabis is, um, about consciousness and higher vibration and, um, just, you know, just living in a more conscious way. And it's, you know, that's, it's ideal, ideally what it should, it should be all about and definitely should be produced in a way that reflects, that consciousness and um, consumed and you know promotes uh, you know sustainable livelihoods for for the farmers and 
uh, who've been supplying the markets all these years and taking all those all the risks. Um, and uh, yeah, and just be an example really of, uh, you know, cannabis is going to be bigger than or is already bigger than the entire organic industry in the States. Um, I mean, it's just such a massive market and to take, move this crop to a sustainable regenerative basis is being just a real example uh, and then wake up people to everything else they consume, all the food and, and clothes. This will be a whole other avenue of awakening, of, uh, of caring about how we purchase and consume and vote with our dollars. Like what kind of world do we want to live in and what does our farm look like taking responsibility for our section of the garden, you know, like supplying us and our energy needs and food needs and medicine needs and clothing needs. And, you know, are we supporting farmers who are, you know, stewarding the land and regenerating the land and taking care of their people or, or, you know, faceless, you know, industrial uh, operations that are just, you know, farming destructively and uh, paying people poorly and just, you know, kind of part of the, the machine that's like wrecking the planet right now. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that <laughs> no, but I, I, uh, I feel you, man. It's like the, the, uh, but the I do feel it's kind of crazy, right? Isn't it like the, as things start to catch, like you see, like like we, did, I voted for three things here, and everything I voted for passed, and I'm like, all right, cool, because it's the only things that you could ever get me to vote for, which was obviously legalization in Colorado. I was like, all right, I'm voting for that, of course. Boom, we win. I was like, yeah, there you go. Vote once, win once. I'm out, you know, because I was I had been out of the country. I'd been out of the country for what 21 years or whatever, and then uh, I voted on uh, Jared Polis, of course. So and he won, and I was like, boom, That's two a- for two, nailing um, it, right? And then yeah. and then I just voted for the mushrooms, and they got it. So I'm like, I'm a fucking. You, you need to come to you me. You, of course, I'm yeah. not. I don't know anything else besides that. I would not vote. Probably those are the three things I actually voted on. But no. It, uh, it's it's gonna it's gonna be like a tidal wave coming up soon because of the combination of of people figuring out psychedelics have a lot more to them than just people wanting to get high and there's much you know the met, the whole medicine side of plants in general not just cannabis and, can, and it's interesting because cannabis like slipped in as one because it was one of those weird things where you know they just want to get high they just want to get high and then all of a sudden like they're like eat, I think all stoners kind of had a weird like phase there when none of us believed that it was even good beyond getting you high just because we read about it like ah, glaucoma doesn't really work you know you're kind of in your mind in my mind at least i didn't see that it was like uh, a real medicine until now when you all of a sudden you're like oh not not until now but until later on but as a kid i remember reading about medicinal uses and kind of like, well, why are they using it? You know, I had to question it already, but I was like, it must have not worked. That was more my fucking idea. Yeah, it must have been shit, and then it didn't work, so that's why they don't do it. You know, and I had that mentality up until uh, I read Jack's book, of course, but uh, not totally that. It, yeah, no, man, that was like when I first saw, like, hemp products at the Cannabis Cup. You know, it was like, you know, just, you know I was like, well, you know, whatever's going to help legalize weed, you know? Um Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and obviously that's always been a big part of hemp advocacy is, is definitely to do just that. But, but yeah, like waking up to actually, wait a minute, no, like industrial hemp grows like a weed. It doesn't need a whole lot of chemical inputs, uh, you know, just it's a very sustainable crop and really need to transition our agriculture to, to uh, you know, much less pesticide and synthetic fertilizer dependent model and how cannabis fits into that and yeah, just kind of helping ride, riding cannabis into like levels of awareness and awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and 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 then like the we were talking about like the med- medicinal 
Yeah, I mean, just, um, you know, pharma is just scratching the surface of, of, of depression, anxiety, addiction, you know, and these indigenous or the, the psychedelic medicines and cannabis just have such power to, mm -hmm. to heal, kind of like these, like, very Western malaises, um, you know, reconnect us to ourselves and to the natural world and help heal trauma. And, you know, there's more indigenous ways of, of healing. Um, you know, it's if they integrate that into culture is just, I think, so crucial. Well, well, interestingly enough, you know how cannabis is always the gateway drug, right? Now it's like the gateway educator because people accepted cannabis medicine now as real. Like, they're, wait a minute, like, this actually CBD stuff seems to really work, you know? And so people have accepted that. And now all of a sudden we're hitting them with, like, mushrooms and ketamine and MDMA it's... and all these other things that they're just like, whoa, we don't even know. But at the same time, it it it's going to become it's all going to become, uh, you know, accepted just because there, and obviously there's going to be some places that will never probably accept it. But I think for the most part, uh, we're at that weird zone now where it's like, oh, shit, they're actually starting to, you know, everyone's starting to, like, turn in a, in a good way and as long as you kind of keep that momentum. And it's weird, though, because with psychedelics, you always know it's like, you think it's you think everybody's like on it at that moment. Whoa, they're all right. And then the next day you're like, dude, I don't think anybody's fucking on this. <laughs> like, it's like it seems like you're back to you know, you're back to fucking reality. Where, but there's still pockets the whole time. For the next month, you see people and you're like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you have that instant vibration connection to those people because you, you know, both were in the same zone at same some concert or whatever. You know. I think there are groups of psychedelic advocates gathering in major urban areas all across the United States now in, in secret or in, in not a huge, in not a public way so much, but they are, they can be found oh, yeah. uh, like little mini psychedelic societies. Mm -hmm. That's like kind of a, a very new thing. I mean, it just started happening here in the last couple of years. Um, we, uh, the psychedelic community around catharsis on the mall, which is kind of like a, it's, it's a free burn on the national mall that we, we just had. And we've been doing now for five years. Uh, that community and the, all throughout the year is like scheming on ways. How can we get decriminalization? How can we, how can we make selling mushroom spores legal? Um, you know, so people can just grow their own mushrooms. Um, there, there are people that are really, uh, put, you know, scheming and it's, and we live in a democracy still. I mean, if you, if you get your friends together, you can change the laws wherever you live. And I think what happened in Denver is so historic. Yeah, we're gonna, uh, Travis is going to give us a call in about 10 minutes anyway. So, Yeah, and I, I'm yeah. glad we're going there because, like, um, you know, Dr. Bronner's support for MDMA-assisted uh, psychotherapy, uh, you know, I just had a veteran, a 12-year combat veteran, staying in my house for a couple of days. His name is John Lebecki. He's with MAPS. And he's a Republican, and he spends a lot of time at the Pentagon, a lot of time talking to, in, only really in Republican circles, about how MDMA is going to be uh, prescribable for people that really need it for a million different reasons. Uh, when, but, you know, PTSD, you know, triggers for PTSD are all, all over the place. So uh, I, 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 I'm, like, super proud of, like, kind of where cannabis has led. Is this leading us, you know? Like, it is it, it's opening up the entire drug war. It's being dismantled at this point. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, yeah, you know, like 10 years from now, are we going to be seeing uh, LSD being fully accepted? I mean, I just heard again on the radio at NPR today 
Michael Pollan, you know, it's like blasting about psychedelics. And, he, you know, he asked the interviewer to acknowledge that she had tried psychedelics and she was giggling. And it was like, it reminded me of cannabis in 2005, you know, or 2006 where, like, yeah. oh, I would never admit to that. And it's like, well, you know, are you an adult? <laughs> you, know, like, you know what, Adam, actually that, um, you know, like, uh, like my joke answer that I never actually gave to a reporter back in the day, like in 2002, you know, like when we were fighting on the hemp front and, you know, the reporters are like, oh, isn't hemp just a stock in order for marijuana legalization? And, you know, and, you know, we'd always play it straight that like, you know, you know, no, no, no. I mean, some of us uh, support any uh, prohibition, but many of uh, our coalition uh, includes many farmers and businesses that uh, want nothing to do with marijuana and so we're a single issue hemp advocacy work focused on non-psychoactive fiber and seed varietals of cannabis you know blah 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 but the joke answer was no get it right this is about lsd (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but uh yeah man it's i I would say i definitely will be getting there here within 10 we're gonna have a new roaring 20s but uh i think so too it's it's, uh it's crazy too because you like you know, it, it will be interesting to see because that's that's uh, that's like you're, when you're out of all the time periods. Because there's a lot of time periods where you're like, I'm so glad I didn't live them. And you're like, that was kind of looked like it was having pretty much fun everywhere. You know, like you're like it's because uh, you know the actually it was interesting. I was looking at the uh, when I was watching one of your clips today. So so your grandfather moved in 1938, right, to America. Uh, 19. 19- 29. Oh, 29. 29. Okay, 29. I thought he moved later. I had heard 38 in there. But uh, uh, I was going to say, so he was there for the whole transition of legal cannabis and non-legal cannabis and saw, because that's one of the, uh, you know. Yeah. He, uh, and I'm sure, uh, so that, you know, the same. I'm I'm just going to answer this for David. I don't think he was really that aware of cannabis. Oh, I don't think he was aware at all. I'm just saying he was there for that, though. But but he was hyper aware of better living through chemistry, destroying the environment and replacing natural products, which were, as all people had was natural products, with these new, you know, chemical, chemical, petrochemical formulations, Mm -hmm. everything from body care, your hair gels, all this stuff. It was made, you know, Palm olive used to be palm oil and olive oil, you know, and now it's petrochemical. So I think he was really, a, he really was ahead of his time on, on seeing the downstream effects mm-hmm. of shifting to a chemical chemistry, you know, over just natural ingredients. Or just fossil fuel based chemistry versus, you know, plant based carbohydrate based economy and, you know, which is obviously what fueled the hemp movement and, um, and, uh, you know, like to, you know, that was just the whole disaster of hemp prohibition. In 1937, you know, like just undercutting, you know, one of the most promising uh, biomass, uh, you know, sources for diverse industries. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, definitely. So Dr. Bronner was definitely like ahead of his time and kind of resonating to, to all that. And uh, so that's a really good link for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead. So, you know, he, he came over in 29, you know, but kind of before the dimensions of Hitler and fascism and Nazism were like apparent. But his sister, I think the 38 date was, uh, his two sisters got out. One got out in 36 and one got out in 38. Um, and uh, and right before they closed the borders. Mm-hmm. So Lottie ended up in a kibbutz in Israel and, and Louisa became a professor of German at UMass Boston. Um, and, uh, and then his parents, like a lot of bourgeois Jews, thought they were going to write out the madness and 
factory was Aryanized in 1940, and they were deported and killed. And that this immense tragedy, along with losing his his wife, my dad's mom. Um, you know, I, my granddad's like response to all that was that to have this kind of like just huge mystical insight and and passion that. Um, in a nuclear armed world, if we don't realize our transcendent unity across ethnic and religious divides and that all the faith traditions at their heart are, are saying the same thing and pointing at the same transcendent source that we're all children of, if we don't realize that transcendent unity in a nuclear armed world, the next Holocaust, we're going to all die. And that's like the all one or none message on, on every bottle that we sell. And it's just like a really beautiful vision and message that we get to carry forward and you know, rock in different ways. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that on that unity message that can the integration of psychedelics and cannabis is like the most um, resonant to that all one mission. I mean, I, we, we do a lot of cool stuff in different philanthropic areas. And, but I think this one is like the most on point as far as the, that unifying the world. It's like one of the, you know, most direct avenues, I think ahead of us that we can be doing. Yeah, back to the label. Back to the label. As a kid, I remember reading. I was like, because I don't think it's. I don't think it's on the label anymore. So I was wondering if you can tell me if it's there. But there was, in the uses, because you know, there's obvious ones. But there was uh, birth control was in there, and I was always like, what the, how yeah. the, how the, huh? And I, and I was like, all right, I don't get it anymore. You know, life, everything got confusing at that moment, and I tried to figure out like, what do they do and how do they, huh? So yeah. <laughs> Is that still well, on the label, though? Is, is it on the label, though, still? No, because we didn't want to pay child support if it didn't work. But, yeah. uh, but, uh, but uh, actually, the recipe is actually a, a, a douche with juicy lemon pulp, pH 2, mm-hmm. and then, you know, and then kind of come up with soap to, like, restore the pH balance. But actually, citric acid and, and like, like um, uh, it is a pretty effective spermicidal. And it's a traditional, like, a scene birth control. So my dad identified as a, or my granddad identified as an Essene rabbi. In the Essene tradition, and like this was like you know, the, and this is like ancient birth control techniques, and oh. that was what my granddad was was talking about. But we did remove that from the label, just like, <laughs> yeah, because I was looking, as, for, I was looking for it when I had the the new label that was kind of on there instead of being paper and turning it, yeah. into, ending up at the bottom of my drain because that's what I was notorious for getting it wet and leaving it in the wrong spot and you know being that guy and then just like fuck it tear it off <laughs> but it I always tripped me out because it was like one of those things where i was like i was totally into the spaceship part i was like yep i'm down spaceships cool i was like all one cool got it you know what i mean but i wasn't like i was like again i was third 12 you know i'm well I'm much younger than that but uh like kind of really reading it and stuff probably around 12 or so and going like well this shit's true well, you know you know what the but so my granddad was you know for him i mean he was just uh you know accurately just seeing the the effect of um you know uncontrolled population growth and 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 that's you know for him it was just really important to get a handle on on curbing population growth and and having universal birth control access and mm-hmm. uh, you know that was just a you know part of his vision of a sustainable harmonious world so that that's why it's there and no it's awesome uh, no, and then yeah. it makes even more sense which is cool because yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I think they were just running out of ideas there. They're like, ah, just <laughs> we gotta gotta get something crazy in there. No, but it was a, a very uh, big mystery in my early in my before early teens, where I was like, how the fuck? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, man. And, and it's and, um, it, and it's now understandable. This is pH swing thing that kind of throws everything out of whack, and 
Something. Yeah, the sperm. Yeah, it's basically a, a spermicidal kind of ancient spermicidal recipe. Um, and uh, and yeah, my grand. I mean, you know, basically the the story of the label is that he was going around the country lecturing on the, on his peace plan and and noticed people were coming more to buy the the, the natural biodegradable soaps he was selling on the side uh, than to hear what he had to say. So he so he so he put what he had to say on the label of every bottle he was selling, and then he he went blind over the course of the sixties. Uh, he blamed it on electric shock treatments he received when he was involuntarily committed to an insane asylum, uh, the Elgin State Insane Asylum in 47. This is the McCarthy Red Scare era, and oh, he got on the authorities' radar, and but he escaped. And but uh, but I don't think he knew how busy the label was getting. Uh, just uh, so that's how it got so so. You know, six point ended up with three thousand words and six point font. But you know, it's just such an iconic, beautiful label and. And you know, if you're in the shower or you're going to the bathroom and you forget a magazine, yeah, uh, you know, yep. he's got you. So. Oh, got you every time. That's the thing. You couldn't help it because, like, and that's that's the thing is, I always went back to the like birth control. Don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Flush. Move on to the next one. You know, but uh, no, and and uh, the new labels that you guys have, have you been like? The, extremely updating them, or just kind of is there only minor? No, things? no, you don't have any room left. Yeah, my my granddad constantly updated them. There's this funny Esquire article from '73 where uh, the journalist was like, you know, what happened to Freud and Young? And my granddad's like, uh, important but no longer relevant to the great task of uniting spaceship Earth. You know, and he would just constantly evolve the label and and you know re- reflect uh, who he thought was being awesome in, in the current moment that you know could embody the all in ethos. But we've you know it's a memorial to him. We haven't changed it since '97 except for. Like removing the birth control recipe and Mark Spitz had to be removed as well. Oh yeah, Mark Spitz, man. Like Mark Spitz sued us right before uh, what's his name, you know, crushed it. Uh, Phelps, like, like it was, it was like so sad, right? We were like the last like beacon of Mark Spitz. No one's gonna know Mark Spitz now that he's not on our label, right? You know, like in the next generation, you know, at least, you know, like it could have been forever. Like who's this Mark Spitz? You know, like in yeah. hundred years, but yeah. like now it's not gonna be. But anyway, my grand, my grand was like very proud of Mark Spitz as this, you know, incredibly Jewish, you know, Jewish athlete, you know, smashing all the records in, mm-hmm. in the 70s and felt, um, yeah, that he was just a paragon of, of I don't know, he, he was a big fan. <laughs> yeah, but he, then, he should have, he should have definitely well, stayed he, on there. That was, he, he didn't know what he, he doesn't know what he's missing. That when, when was that though that he was tried to? Uh, the, it was right before Phelps crushed it in the uh, 2008 Olympics or something. And now he's over. Yeah. And now he's nothing. Yeah. Now he's nothing. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Could have so, been a good Phelps was pro cannabis. He was using cannabis the whole time. Oh, he was? Well, yeah. Later, I mean, well, right after he won all the golds the first time, there were photos that surfaced of him taking bong hits. I remember that. And, and he got so much shit for that. And, and he had to, like, you know, basically deny it all. Yeah. De- well, he didn't deny it. He had to admit he had a problem and quit and. Apologize yeah. and say he won't do it anymore, and then he went on and got even more gold medals the second time, you know, and and now he's back to using cannabis again. It's just a game people are playing. You hear about it in the NFL all the time. Players are admitting now that they know when they're going to be tested, so yeah. there's yeah. no random testing. So they're using cannabis. Actually, they are using cannabis throughout the year, and they, you know, and if you're going to get a traumatic brain injury for just playing a game. Maybe you you put your health before like this you know draconian 
political law that has been the greatest denier of civil rights in our lifetimes for the most people. It's been it's been the drug war, you know, and, and it's uh, you know it still fires me up that we have this like prohibition mentality throughout our culture, even though everyone's thinking, oh yeah, it's ending, it's becoming legal, and it's like just barely, right? You know, right. we're just barely there. Uh, we have a lot of like we need to re-educate people how to interact with these with plant-based medicines, and yeah. you know, I think that's we're even we struggle with it sometimes when people say recreational. And I'm always saying, no, it's adult use, you know, and let's define who can use it without a doctor's recommendation, yeah, which there is a, a place for that. sounds a lot better than recreational, because recreational is a terrible, I hate that, I hate that description, it's like, makes you sound like you're dancing around <laughs> like a lake or something like that, like, ooh, it's so recreational, I just get out to the lake once a month, and I, you know, it's like, no, it's, it's literally, like you said, adult use, you know, so, yeah. just like alcohol is adult use. Well, and then, you know, this like kind of emerging new model of like health and medicine, like, like uh, Bob Jesse, who's like one of the kind of key generals. So Rick Doblin and Bob Jesse are kind of like the main generals in the psychedelic movement. And uh, Bob Jesse's historically kind of been on more on the psilocybin side and doing a lot of important advocacy. But he has this uh, uh, saying, the betterment of well people, but like, you know, that that psilocybin. And that's what I really like about this organ measure. It's not just a decrim measure. It's actually a model of acts of, of providing psilocybin medicine in a therapeutic context and, you know, regulated with licensing boards for the providers and screening of applicants mm -hmm. to make sure they're not schizophrenic and stuff, you know, according, you know, addressing set and setting concerns, but outside of strictly medical context, like not, you don't have to have a DSM, you know, like a, like a, you know, an actual diagnosis of mental health or whatever disorder you can you know, all of us can be better, you know, and then they, these medicines are crucial to help us like heal on a lot of levels and elevate ourselves. And so, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's also, it's not just psychedelic mushrooms, but it's, and I was saying before that, I think it's weird how we always go, it always takes this, uh, we have to come in with the, the, the more flashy part of whatever thing we're trying to deal with to get people's attention and then all of a sudden the reality kicks in. Like it took us, we had to get legalized cannabis to get hemp legal. And it was like, what? That doesn't even make yeah. sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. well, we got that illegal first because it was more flashy and people thought it was going to make a lot of money, but nobody thought hemp's going to make money, but hemp's actually going to make way more money. They just have to like, invest more in their infrastructure and actually not l look at all the shiny parts at the end, but look at the dull, boring fucking commercial shit that's that's got to happen to make the things we need to make you know what i mean um yeah the fiber and, process infrastructure and now with mushrooms it's like rec like you know decriminating here is like again like it's not the same idea as you guys are talking about but it's it's a first step which is awesome but it's also uh instantly people are like wait expecting to see like shops in amsterdam shrooms in the shop the next day like you know like no no dude it's not gonna happen we've this is just like if you happen to get in a situation but it doesn't there's still no guarantee because like if you got pulled with a ounce of mushrooms in denver right now uh who knows uh you know because they're still not they're not ready for even dealing with it yet i think it's one of those things where it might be super cool because they might be like whatever we can't you know can't put the, our money towards that at the same time the feds can be called and it changes the whole game because it's it's still not federally legal. So all they have to do if they don't like you is say, well, this is 
moving on to a federal situation. It could be assholes that could do that. You know what I mean? There's powers beyond your, you know, like you think they won't do it, but depending if they like you, if they want you, they'll use it, you know? So have you guys ever, because you're so public about your psychedelics uh, sort of uh, backings and stuff, have you ever had pressure from anybody saying, you know, I don't know, just in, in that sense? Oh, we got, well, we got Travis calling in too, I think. I, I was uh, busted on the way into Burning Man this year uh, with a small amount of psychedelics, and it, it was an illegal stop. Uh, and I we had passed the police by a couple miles, and they just came like a bat out of hell. Like they had read a license plate, and I have a 420 license plate. Perfect. That's the perfect <laughs> one to it, have. You know, with the Washington D.C. 420, the man gave it to me. The and I just felt like the whole pullover was, we were looking for your plate, you know, like, or or we were just being, like, they just were pulling over multiple cars at a time. Sure. Not giving us any chance and then searching our vehicles. And I had a personal amount of, of uh, uh, LSD. And, you know, I thought I was going to get charged. Uh, I may still, I could still be charged. The, but that was my first encounter with regarding having psychedelics. Yeah. And we were arrested. We were on the side of the road in handcuffs for uh, a, a couple hours and then released and just awaiting, you know, charges. And we never got them. So. Well, you know, I think that, you know, to this issue, though, I mean, it's like if you act, act, activate, you don't grow. If you're an activist, you don't grow. If you grow, you're not an activist. You know, it's like there's always been that split in the movement. And we've always kind of been the activist kind of, side of things but now we finally get to actually you know be cannabis entrepreneurs and uh you know and um so it's pretty awesome to be able to like you know merge uh, merge the activism and the and the actual so variety. uh so we got on the line also here we got travis from uh decriminalized denver so i wanted to make sure you, hi you know he's here yeah john so i wanted to, uh because uh so glad to have you back on the show i'm sure you've had a great i'm sure you're getting a lot of Thank you, Travis. Thank you. I have been listening, and I am just so inspired and just so happy that in both of my showers in my house, there's Dr. Bronner's. And, uh, yeah, it's feel good. I love it. Right on, man. Bam. Yeah, well, thank you for, like, just such such an earthquake there. Uh, It was amazing. I remember, like, uh, Graham was actually uh, writing a postmortem, you know, uh, like, kind of like, you know, you know, Denver's, you know, it's gonna, looks like it's gonna lose, but here's all the lessons we learned, blah, blah, blah. And it was this like really great, uh, analysis. And then it's like, you know, 12 hours later, it's like, uh, we just won, uh, you guys just won, you know? And I was like, yes, you know, it's just such an amazing, yeah. And then just the amount of national conversation and coverage that this is triggering and, you know, it's just beautiful. It's time. It's time. The, the urgency has kind of given given this a birth, you know? And uh, there's lots of things that need to be communicated to the human race, and they're just not getting it from the interpersonal part. So this, this, uh, this uh, other component, I think, will really do the job in a way that we just haven't been able to. Cool. Yeah. No, it's a, you know, thank you for, uh, wow, leading the charge here and making magic happen there. Um, it pretty much was magic. Uh, we were able to pull 90,000 votes on a budget of $45,000. Wow. 
which is 50 cents a vote That's and weird. is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. And it was all volunteer signature collection. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Everybody that was, everybody that was involved was so moved personally that they committed to just getting the job done and going out in 10 degree weather uh, is not an easy, easy thing to ask somebody to do uh, or stop somebody in that 10 degree weather and have them sign. But it just always felt like this wanted to happen. And I think that really guided us to success. Yeah, right on. You know, it's, um, you know, we, we were involved in a lot of campaigns and Adam uh, you know, obviously led the cannabis campaign and, you see, and also some minimum wage uh, efforts there that, you know, we, we've got $15 minimum wage in D.C. And um, and then we've been involved in cannabis campaigns, minimum wage campaigns, campaigns, GMO labeling campaigns. And yeah, having an all-volunteer signature gathering, I mean, that's huge. And that just shows, like, if you, if you can do that, that just shows you've got such a powerful grassroots. It's just, that's, you know, it's kind of un very unusual to be able to pull off an all-volunteer signature gathering effort. Yeah, and then even spilling over into our canvassing, you know, the a lot of the volunteers stayed with us, and uh, just because they've talk talked about it so much, it made it a really easy transfer to go door-to-door. -door. And, um, yeah, in Denver, we kind of knew where the areas that were already kind of, like, super progressive, so we were able to go and activate those areas. And it was a real blessing to know, or at least uh, intuitively feel, that there were enough people to support this, we just needed to get to them. You know, and so it didn't become a campaign of changing minds. It just became a campaign of activating those that were in the psychedelic closet and ready to speak. Right on. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah, lever leveraging your signature gathering volunteers and, and you know, and integrating them into the ongoing uh, election uh, activity like that. And just, yeah, that's pretty, pretty huge, man. I, I've not heard of a major effort like that uh happening for such a you know 45k i mean that might be a record to have i know i know, yeah. I know. like politicians they laugh and then they cry when they hear that it's yeah really man. really interesting um but it you know it just speaks to something deeper about the the effort and uh now we get to turn our sights to uh integration and education you know, which is a, a feel-good, uh, you know, effort because we're, we don't have to worry about that question mark of the vote, you know, and, um, you know, turning people on to the, the, the benefits and the blessings of the medicine are, are really, you know, it's like really special to be in that space and time to do that. So yeah. can you talk a little bit about the implementation yeah. and what that's going to look like? Okay, so the campaign, or, or what was the all of us, the volunteers, I think we're going to uh, kind of keep the campaign part, like doing its thing, and then go to another uh, component, which we are, we are going to develop a cooperative model. So uh, education is a, is a big thing, uh, responsible use. So we've been um, dialoguing with the Imperial College of London with an organization called Dance Safe, um, and Mitch. a off, pardon me, uh, Mitchell Gomez, right? Yes. That, yeah. Yes. Uh, an offshoot of maps called the Zendo project yes. and an organization called the NOAC society, which is more engaged in, uh, getting the professionals together 
to reintegrate and use the medicine. So um, in that in that community, we're hoping to publish. We've been uh, kind of uh, calling it the Little Blue Book, and that's kind of like a, a little bit more than a flyer, like a booklet. So it, we're hoping that it becomes more of an artifact, and that it really, um, you know, brings people into the go slow, go go low, go slow, and um, a little bit about psilocybin that they may not know because of stigma, and. Then the cooperative component of this is we would like to have a community-owned uh, grow supply shop that would also have a communal laboratory because in my mycology, if you have the laboratory part of it, you're talking maybe $5 in consumables to produce 50 dry grams, which is a year of microdose. Um, so all that's missing from that is the technique and the care that you put into the mushrooms. And um, on top of that, we would like to have a classroom with a media component so that we can um, cast, you know, webcast what we're doing, a, uh, a library for uh, books that people might not want to purchase or that regular libraries might not have, a, uh, a mushroom apothecary, so the means uh, to reintroduce um, fungal medicines to people and the, the means to make them. And one of the components I'm really excited about is a community service component where uh, membership to the cooperative that you maintain it through two hours of self-determined community service. So if you want to pick up trash for two hours a week, that's, that's up to you. If you want to teach kids how to meditate, that's up to you. But it's really about taking this, this impetus, this psilocybin, and showing what it can do for you know, pro-social behavior and bringing people together. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's the long and short of it. Right, right. This second, we're kind of like um, inundated with a tremendous amount of ideas and enthusiasm. So those two areas are kind of the the two things that we felt were uh, instrumental in a uh, responsible integration of psychedelics as fast as possible. To borrow David's words. Yeah, right on, man. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's it's awesome because it's like this is literally the first step and. When we, when we had them on the show a couple of weeks ago, I, I, as I was going to, like trying to figure out what I was going to use for my image, I had this really weird little vision for a second, like where I was like, "Oh shit!" Like Denver is kind of like if you look at this map of the states, it is the heart of America in in, in reality, like where it's sitting at. You know what I mean? And then I was like, all of a sudden, it was like I had this image in my head of like, like it's been energized like at that point, and it's just about to go and spread out. You know what I mean? And, and it's and it's gonna. We already know yeah. that, just like it would yes. in in a real mycelia way or something. You know what I mean? I was like, all like, Whoa. oh yeah, and I was like, oh shit. We're gonna heal the earth, heal the America from Denver. We get once again. Denver's cool. Finally, <laughs> I, was, you know, I was just I was getting losing faith in them for a little while, but uh, no, it's pretty awesome uh, to see people accepting uh, all sorts of plant medicine, not just mushrooms, but also you know thinking about it more from a nutritional side and less from that it, you know like like nutrients for the brain which might be psychedelics, you know, it's still nutrients in its own way because it's enhancing, uh, it, you know, it's clear. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's literally making new, new connections and, and at the same time cleaning up some of the old ones and, and doing it, you know, it's doing its job as it's, as it's, as such, but it's also in a sense, brain food, you know? And so then, and then every, every other type of, uh, medicinal mushroom that's out there now, 
people are interested in because they're already interested. Again, like I took the psychedelics to get people interested in the other side of the plant, which is the real medicine. That's the, that's the, you know, the part that people haven't even got a clue about yet. But at the same time, once they do kind of clue in, they're like, oh shit, this chaga is fucking amazing. You know, it's like, you know, doing a year's worth of work in a, in a month just because of the, 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 the amount of uh, things you get off of them, you know? Yeah, and, and and just yeah, so uh, so um, transformational in, in so many ways as far as like correcting this whole kind of imbalanced Western uh, kind of you know ration you know just the emphasis on rationality and versus uh, you know undeveloped intuitive and emotional and feeling capabilities and and you know medicine outside of pharma and, and the FDA uh, program and. You know, and then medicines that like really kind of um, just get you so in touch with with yourself and with nature. And I remember one of my first psychedelic experiences with a mushroom was the mushroom chocolate. And you know, and it was in the context of where I was kind of basically a religious and a biology major. And I was like, you know, looking down at my arm and like, you know, what does it mean that at a quantum level, like I'm not different from the world? It's like it's like one continuous deal. And you know, and I'm eating and I'm pooping and I'm the world's pouring through me and i'm just part of this much living you know system and reality and sure you know just really boundary dissolving unity experiences and just yeah and then it just makes you question like wow okay why didn't i know that you know was never taught that and just you know really opens you up to like mm-hmm. just you know like well i mean uh, uh, question you receive truth and, yeah <coughs> sorry yeah sorry but uh, yeah it's like the you know, and it's funny too because you know when you're when you're tripping, a lot of times you're like, you know, they, you can see that it's it's uh, like you know you always I've had so many of like the man trips, you know what I mean? Like oh the man, you know what I mean? Like they they're gonna like because at the same time, it's very black and white sometimes, and there's a lot of times where obviously in your head it's <laughs> a whole bunch about cops and weirdness and stuff, so you can get full on paranoid and 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 tweak yourself out so quickly only because of the illegality you know what i mean and the thing is that when when people actually are in a situation where that's not going to happen the door is not going to come crashing in because of course when you're tripping all the way right. like, the cops definitely noticed you they like everybody they everybody. just like someone's going to walk up and talk to you you're sitting in the park and they're like wait is that person going to talk to me and, <laughs> you know. well, well you, you know and that's that's where the model of a facility you know the whole idea of like you know the in having a therapeutic context and a, and a facilitator you know uh, you know non-directionally holding space and mm-hmm. and helping guide the experience um you know ideally with you know minimal uh intervention but they're there to like kind of be you know like they've got it handled right if there's that weird noise or you know what was that or you know you don't got to worry about it you got somebody holding that space and you can just yeah. fully release in your trip and experience and that's um pretty key part of all of it sure sure definitely not like with your friends trying to make you ultra paranoid because <laughs> that's usually what it was when we were growing up it was like not in the right headspace many many times you know what i mean i've had plenty and it was always in like you know group situations with people who shouldn't be even be like you know hadn't been fully guided in any way shape or form and then you know it's uh it's not like a and that's the thing with psychedelics as a kid you you didn't know what was true or not true because we were fed so much bullshit that you thought you were right but at the same time you were like i don't know though it could be really bad you know and that 
and even with mushrooms, which now are are totally accept, you know, now you know as long as they haven't been treated some weird way, they're just mushrooms and they work and they're and they're psilocybin or whatever, you're gonna be fine. You know what I mean? But back when you're a kid and everything was just so shady in a sense, you know what I mean? And you didn't know, and shrooms were never really brought on as properly spiritual. It was like it was. You know, we all macrodosed, nobody microdosed. It was like the totally came in from the wrong side, you know what I mean? Like, ah, you know, why would you eat a tiny little, you know, quarter of a thing, you know? But nowadays, I'm amazed sometimes with the quality of the mushrooms, like with a, what's called a microdose. I mean, I may double it down or something because I'll be like thinking I want to get a little bit more. But for the most part, uh, it, it, it's really, it's really uh, so effective but it you know it takes a, about a month to kick in you know it's one of those things where you just got to get used to the fact that you're not going to be feeling anything hopefully you know and uh but in general it's one of those things where people get that you get those aha moments a lot more often you know what i mean which is pretty much the most to me the most fun part of coming back with anything is like oh yeah figured that out <laughs> you know what i mean like and for a lot of people that's that's uh unachievable you know in this sort of vibration i didn't say i think the 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 group of americans that are going to discover psychedelics and make them mainstream will be the baby boomers just like for, it is for cannabis right now because mm -hmm. they're 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 all using cannabis again and and going they're spending at you know points of sale that are like free price because they, they have money and they just want a packaged product and they want to trust the product. They want a regulated product. As soon as they feel that way about psychedelics and they're dealing with end-of-life issues as well, health issues, you know, I mean, I have parents who are baby boomers. They're going through a lot. Um, it would be wonderful for them to be able to sit on the beach and take a psychedelic sure. and sure. think about their lives. Um, and, you know, I can't, I can't say how much psychedelics have helped me process things that have happened in my life. Um, it's deeply personal, you know, and I think that's, you know, what's happening in Oregon by setting up centers where people can come and have an experience where they're monitored, but they don't necessarily have to be talked to. It's really up to the person how they want to do it. Um, but they are essentially monitored and prevented from like wandering down the street and like naked or something. You know, I mean, that's, I think there is this sort of an, un, in an unsupervised space, psychedelics can, you know, you get someone walking around naked, uh, potentially, and that's, uh, we, and we've all been there, like, we've all been there, David and I, you know, we've all been there. I know, I know, so, so, I know somebody who gets naked almost every time he trips, it's terrible, it's like, yeah. oh, come on, dude, I can't and it's beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what, but like just that's on the Zendo project, you know, Travis brought up the Zendo project and that's, um, you know, Bernie man where me and Adam are part of a camp that, uh, hosts, um, hosts Zendo <clears throat> volunteers and Zendo's all about, um, creating safe spaces. So when you're taking psychedelics in these uncontrolled environments like Bernie man and you, you can get really overwhelmed and you're tripping, you just really go sideways in a, in a really not fun, great way. But if you can get, you know, if you get that, the, you know, and, and then being gathered up by law enforcement or put into the med tent, I mean, this is the worst possible, you know, thing for, you know, that kind of situation. Um, but, you know, you get them into the Zendo, you have trained sitters that just kind of create a safe environment, you know, just kind of really calm and 
people can, you know, and they're having like really difficult material coming up and they can do some real hard, good work and navigate to a positive outcome. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so the Zendo, that's a, you know, that's a, just a crucial project to, um, and it's an arm of maps. It's a, it's a, it's a project here that, and it's also a really good training ground for therapists, the, the psychedelic therapists, you know, just really being able to get some real world experience, um, you know, helping people in very difficult situations and just doing it in, you know, kind of non-directional way, um, just help them just navigate and, and have a positive outcome. And I've had, a, actually, I met Rick Doblin my first year on Playa um, and heard about, it was not Zendo at the time, it was Sanctuary, heard about it. And then I had a campmate actually like totally lose her shit on mushrooms. And we had like, I was like, oh, I just heard, heard about Sanctuary. And, um, you know, we we're all tripping balls too. And, you know, just drag, you know, got our dead weight all the way over there and got and met Rick for the second time. And he was just so awesome. Just calmed her down. And, you know, she got a puke bucket and she puked into it, but just like, it was just, you know, just within like half an hour, she was just, you know, totally chilling. And he's like, all right, just come back, you know, come back in the, in the morning. And, came back and you know and she's just like man rick's an angel that was amazing and so so zendos is doing amazing work uh, out there i uh, agree cool. yeah yeah, yeah uh, i just want to speak speak sure. to that component of all of this sure. uh we didn't attach approach that in a legislative manner to provide the access and the therapy but it's really fascinating that this has now emerged as a as this has you know, kind of happened that this social component um, knows that these these pieces are necessary and that there are all kinds of people coming out of the woodwork to rise to that challenge to build that community outside of kind of like us initiating that. So it's uh, it's really beautiful. That's cool. It's awesome when things right. in, in, like are just, yeah. Because I already kind of thought that when, when that, past i was like damn this is just like a it's like uh you know fucking Raiders of the lost ark or something where that thing just that ball just started rolling you know like oh shit it's about to get crazy you know uh because people now, yeah, well, now we, i mean we know we know that yeah i'm sorry no, no, go, ahead, no go ahead i was just saying because people now are, are, are seeing that you know <laughs> small groups can like uh you know still make some major waves yeah, well, being cognizant of that phenomenon that people, you know, even though lightning strikes and shark attacks aren't really that common, but people are super afraid of them. So knowing that a likelihood of something happening and a lot of light shined on it, we need to build the uh, a database of, of uh, positive information very quickly so that we can show that these are anomalies and not the trend, you know. And uh, fortunately, we have so much heart in our community that these things, I think, will grow organically um, at a very quick rate. Yeah, right on, Travis. You know, I was just kind of flashing on the parallel of, like, what we were talking about with our hemp fight. You know, just kind of super scrappy, grassroots, you know, just completely outgunned. But, like, you know, just believing in what we were doing and, 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 and winning and just really appreciating what, you know, you've been able to do here and, and just... Um, kind of seeing like wow just the what this can grow into just, you know Adam what you're saying I mean this is you know just yeah just you know just seeding we're just in the beginning of just the psychedelic renaissance and revolution and what what can grow out of this and 
what your efforts, you know, building a model, really, you know, what you're talking about is kind of really going to be a model for other uh, cities and states and, you know, how do you do this responsibly? Um, you know, kind of, it's beautiful that you're like really, you know, you're not just, you know, one and done kind of thing. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're now building on you know, just, that was just the first step and just taking it now to the next level. Yeah, yeah, we have eighteen. We have eighteen months before the next vote. If if the if California and Oregon actually get on the ballot, um, so what we are hoping is that our work in the next eighteen months facilitates the dominoes to fall in those other arenas because we ha- we will have built a a large amount of testimonial that you know the the things are not going to fall apart. In fact, we are able to help those marginalized you know, and bring them back to, you know, contributing to society and environmental stewardship and connection. And, you know, that's the story here. And, uh, you know, every, every little pocket that's pocket, you know, popping up is helping the the dialogue move along quicker. Right on. For sure. It's like, uh, has set sail now. It's like, it's to conquer time to conquer and uh, i think the great part is just other people will you know see the see the reality that they can pull it together and i think it's it'll be overwhelming in a sense that it, so many states will probably come online f- as fast as they faster than even cannabis because cannabis victory kind of gave them even more reason to believe you know what i mean so it's like i think this one for might, sure this one might just be a lot more plus we're talking about ptsd mostly as far as like the immediate thing that people think of when they and we know that it works like you know, at least when it, when it, you know, I can't say it always works, but it definitely works for people that I know who've had PT, who've had a, or traumatic brain injuries, you know, uh, depression, you know, people, well, yeah, yeah, cluster headaches, things that are like so intense and nobody will ever want to have in their, in their life. So if there's a therapy that works and it's all, uh, as easy as a mushroom to grow, then they, well, people might start feeling like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's worth it. Well, yep. and, and uh, you know, Travis, I was just going to say another really crucial medicine we need to integrate as fast as possible is ibogaine. Um, yes, which yes, is just, yes. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, shows such promise for, for addressing the opiate epidemic and addiction. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, you know, such a strong psychedelic and, and but so, so incredible. It actually interrupts the withdrawal symptoms of opiate and really opens and precipitates such a massive experience, you know, real death rebirth experience that really opens up a window of opportunity for people to free themselves from addiction. Yeah. You know, it's not a magic bullet, you know, none none of these things are, but, you know, really can be a, you know, just crucial part of, of, of healing from addiction. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing how, how it, uh, how the mechanics of that work where it does give you a couple of weeks where you can like, you know, there you go, guy, <laughs> you're ready. You, you know, you seen, you seen the, the highs, the lows, the edge of the universe, whatever at, the, at that point or whatever fears you have have been, you know, confronted and all that. And you have like a chance right then and there. I remember reading about Ibogaine as a kid and I was like, uh, you know, when you're, when you're young, you're thinking like, yeah, I would want to try. It. I want to try that. You know, it was like then later in the life when I actually, I was like, hell no, dude. That's like that is like total medicine right there, for the right. You would not. It's not no recreational there. There's like twelve hours of just vertical laying down, right? Pretty much. There's not. There's not too much action going on. David's frozen. At least I'm like, right? Oh, he's really good at staying still. 
yeah, yeah. But I, I wanted to say, like, Travis, uh, in, in here in Washington, D.C., um, if Congress removes the budget rider, which prevents our local government from legislating on anything that's Schedule One uh, drug, so we can't write any cannabis laws, we can't write any kind of decriminalization, we're, we're stuck in 2014. Um, and it was put there by Republicans that didn't want to see anything get legalized here, but they weren't able to actually, they're just stopping future lawmaking. But anyway, that's going to get removed most likely by the end of this year. And D.C. in 2020 will be ripe. And uh, just like in 2012, we followed up two years later, um, you know, with, with on uh, cannabis legalization. I, could, I bet in 2020 you'll see initiatives pop up around the United States, local initiatives, statewide initiatives, possibly, um, be, be, you know, and, and really people are going to be looking at Denver and like, well, what happened to the sky fall, right. you know, and that's going to be something that people are going to ask. And um, I just don't think someone should be sitting in jail for it. Uh, ultimately, there's probably going to be some sort of production, you know, entrepreneurs that will step forward. But I think it's, it's a lot different than cannabis in that respect where, you know, you had a lot of established cannabis uh, growers, entrepreneurs, underground economy. With shrooms, it's, yeah, yeah. first of all, I think it's a lot fewer people that are using mushrooms. Um, and then it's also the people who are, who are getting a lot of benefit, they figure out their thing. I think they ultimately end up growing themselves. I mean, that seems to be what, as I know, what I know of in this area, is that you don't find bags of shrooms being sold on the black market. I'm a shroom dealer. I think only the day after, I think only the day after decrim, it was like, <laughs> I talked to a friend of mine and he's like, people were calling me from like junior high school days. They're like, Hey, you got any shrooms? Cause they knew that he was a shroom guy. You know what I mean? And he was like, Jesus Christ. People called me from like, like 25 years, 30 years ago. But I think that day was a special day. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it, Sorry, I was going to say Albert, you know, Hoffman, who discovered LSD, uh, was trying to synthesize psilocybin, and I think there's, you know, they're connected too. And I, I think what I'd like to see in Washington D.C. that might be a little different than Denver is that we just go to a decrim model for multiple psychedelics, um, and because if you're going to do decrim, and just then, you know, then maybe maybe it's the way to go. Oh, that's David calling me. <laughs> it's not popping up. <laughs> Hello, yo yo. Tell David to just call us back on the studio line, and we can get him back. You can't, on. You can't call the video line again. He didn't call on Skype or what? I might have missed the call. Oh, okay. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, try, tell him to call back. I'll, I'll try get him again. on. He was, yeah, sno- he was snoozing on the road. <laughs> no, no, he was. I did. There it goes. Is it popping up now? Is that it? No. Oh, that's all. He's going to call back. Yes, sir. We yeah. can, we it's can amazing do this. that we can do this from three different cities in the United States, mm-hmm. and and be seeing each other. I mean, I'm a Generation X. You had to pay a lot of money. Right, we're back. Technology. And we're back. <laughs> and now we're just doing it probably for Skype. You know, exactly. And it's great. Exactly. And, and it looks le- good. Looks you're good. back, my friend. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. I wasn't uh, okay. paying attention to my power situation. Oh my god! But um, yes. But anyways, man, uh, it's been a uh, yeah, really enjoyed this conversation, going super deep and always 
uh, super awesome dimensions. <laughs> so where are things at right now? Uh, well, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> that's, that's the hardest part, right? Got to rewind. Oh, I, 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 can, I can talk a little bit. There you um, go. Perfect. We, it, so in Denver, we were only uh, able to approach one item at a time. We ideally we could have, you know, would have pushed for all plant medicines like Oakland's doing, but we only had, we could only focus on one. Um, and that was kind of like a, a bummer, but in the same vein, we feel that psilocybin is going to be a really great ambassador, um, for the amount of economy or pharmacological economy in the sense that you only need a little bit and it treats so much it will bypass, you know, 40 years of uh, psychotherapy, you know, and I think that once the testimonials from the right people get out into the mix, that it will make other, other options uh, a lot easier to leverage. Um, Ibogaine yep. is the one that no one knows about, you know, no one knows. So it would be a huge, we'd have to do a huge educational push which, um, you know, if we just address the opiate situation, like two doses over the course of four days is 84% success rate in a year, over the course of a year, which is unheard of, you know. Yeah, you, and, you, you know, and that, there's, a, there's, a, there's an organization here locally that's really amazing. It's called Mission Within, and um, it's basically founded by SEAL Team 6 members, like, to, you know, have, like, just raging... Uh, you know, uh, alcoholism, PTSD, and you know, astronomical suicide rates. Um, you know, like, uh, and and these, you know, these vets are. Um, what was happening was uh, one of the leading ibogaine clinics right across the border. <clears throat> this guy Martin, I forget his last name, who was running clinic, was noticing that vets who were coming with opiate addictions were were not only getting rid of their addictions, but they were getting rid of their you know, addressing their deep PTSD as well and deep trauma. Um, so, you know, this is like a, a pretty, you know, unusual ally here in the fight. And, and it actually, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely what kind of the MAPS, MDMA effort, you know, treating trauma of our veterans. And, like, the, and these are the, you know, healing these guys. Um, you, know, it's, you know, it's in a way it's like crossing the cultural divide of the, the historical countercultural split. But then these are the guys, too, you know, like we can bring, like, consciousness to our warriors, uh, you know, across the, the countries and, and across the tribes and to start waking people up. And, you know, this is how we're going to end war. Um, I mean, obviously, there's, there's a lot of other systemic societal problems and people to heal. But this, uh, you know, obviously the warrior case to, like, really get them woken up and, and uh, you know, in a way more conscious way and, and healing up their traumas and, you know, and maps is, uh, an Imperial college. I forget the cat who's involved in, you know, working with Israeli and Palestinians and, um, is it Sam. Um, yeah. I think or so. Matt. He told me about know. that study, but he didn't tell me about the outcome. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's, you know, just uh, obviously there's so much trauma on both sides and, you know, it, you know, as these like efforts cross, you know, across the divide, you know, that, um, you know, of healing. And I mean, this is the kind of thing that could, you know, hopefully, you know, bring peace to the region and, you know, be part of it. I mean, obviously there's, there's a lot of other dynamics to, to address, but, 
you know, psychedelic medicine, I think this has huge pro- promise. And if we can obviously heal up, you know, Jerusalem, you know, that's going to be key to healing the world. And, um, yeah, man. So just, yeah, we, really are, exciting we, stuff. Yeah. we closely work with a group called veterans for natural rights. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Mm, so it is a, I, are they doing a PTSD, the cannabis for PTSD, or psychedelics? Or? Um, natural, natural medicines. Well, you know, MDMA being part of that as well. But uh, it was started here in Colorado, and there's a movie that came out. It's called From Shock to Awe. Oh yeah, man, I saw that. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So, so, so Matt is the leader of uh, Veterans for Natural Rights. He's a regular in our sphere, which is amazing because. Um, the veterans are doing such an amazing job of being ambassadors for, or, you know, giving this testimonial yes. of like coming back from the brink and being healthy and optimistic and creative. It's powerful. Yeah. From shock to is great. And actually that's kind of where, you know, it's just that idea of, uh, you know, like it's just so, so concretely expressed and embodied of, you know, the healing, you know, that's, the, of, you know, the heal war, we got to heal our warriors and or get rid of war. And, um, you know, these guys are like just the crucial allies uh, in, you know, world peace, really. And um, um, and then there's another group, actually, I should give a shout-out to the Heroic Hearts Project, and they're more on that shaka tip uh, of working with ayahuasca um, to treat um, PTSD and trauma and addiction uh, of veterans. And it was founded, I forget the gentleman's name, I think Jesse. Yeah, he's a former ranger and, the super red cat. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are like just crucial allies, obviously, to kind of reach across, um, you know, to create that co- broad-based coalition. I think it's really integrate these medicines as fast as possible. Um, you, know, you can't do it if we're just like, you know, the lefty liberals and the right libertarians. got to, you know, just kind of get everybody kind of on board. And um, yeah, veterans are obviously such a crucial advocacy group. And in fact, you know, Adam, you were talking about uh, what's his name, uh, uh, the master kind of warrior in there. John Lebecki. Yeah, he's so yeah. awesome. Well, you know, John, yeah. John was told me that there's a raging debate, you know, about whether or not it's right for active duty to use psychedelics. Um, and there's like, so there's a lot of questions. There's a lot. There's a new frontier here. Um, and so, yeah, that came up last night uh, as well when we were spending time together was, you know, just some people in the movement for, for reform opposed the idea that active duty would be able would be given psychedelics as part of their recovery while while still in the service. But I think we can talk this out. And, um, yeah. I mean, personally, I feel that we should actually treat people, whether in the service or not, um, if there's psych- if there's a psychedelic that's going to help. Yeah, that. no. But Absolutely, I, I, man. Yeah, but some people have those, there's a mor- some moral issues involved here in, involving, like, well, you know, you're traumatized perhaps because of immoral acts that you're engaged in, you know, and that's, it's just, you know, we're... Fortunately, in a period where we're not, the U.S. isn't in a major war, uh, we still have bases all over the world. There's still soldiers that are occasionally being uh, seeing combat 
and being attacked. Um, but imagine in a more of a like a hot war situation and psychedelics being deployed. Um, and they were, you know, they were deployed during World War II, not necessarily psychedelics, but um, methamphetamine was very big in the German army. Um, well, yeah, know. and that's like the dark, dark use. And I, I, yeah, dark like use. I was like, you could get, get people to wake up or, you know, question authority, question the policy, question what, you know, what they're, what they're doing. And, you know, working from the inside, the reform, you know, really, you know, a lot of them pretty, pretty regressive institutions. And, um you know, and just making yeah. sure that war only ever happens where it's, just, you know, you can tell every single other option. And, you know, and hopefully we just, you know, with the integration of psychedelic therapy, I mean, we just, you know, if we can make it universal and comprehensive enough, like, it's just, you know, I think that's one of our best hopes, really, for uniting the, the world and hopefully ending war once and for all. You know, that's the, that's the dream. That's what the Adam Dunn Show is trying agree. to do today. We're trying to end war on the Adam Dunn Show. I'm pretty sure we did it. I think it might have happened. There might have been a moment there where it was like, it's, it's happening. No, it's uh, yeah, it's amazing because uh, with the mushrooms, you know, the one thing, obviously, the the most people get that, like, oneness kind of vibe, just which is, again, your, your grandfather's motto. So, <clears throat> you know, the that oneness thing is also between the – combination in my opinion like you like i just used to see everything looking like mushrooms after a while so i was like dude everything is mushrooms bro like it was like that was like my conclusion after eating like five grams at one point in my life where i was like holy shit dude everything is fucking mushrooms you know like i, I could see it in everything and it was a. Uh, but the reality is that uh you know people are are going to be treated from something that you know again took the like you know the dedication of people over the years to keep the, you know, uh, keep these things, these spores and keep like with cannabis, keeping se seeds and different strains alive and, you know, kind of shepherding them all the way up to this point. And now we're, we're about to be in a totally different, I think, environment. Uh, it's like an exploded view of, of early nineties Amsterdam where the first time you ever even comprehended that you could, buy mushrooms and just eat them and you weren't going to get in trouble you thought you know hopefully as long as you didn't do something ridiculously stupid but but in general you uh you know that was one of those places where it was tested in a you know for years and we sold tons of mushrooms out of our store and never had an issue never ever had a person come back and have an issue which is you know like, and I always said, like, oh, America couldn't do it. They just, everyone is nuts there. They'll just take too much and they'll try to do ketamine at the same time or something and just ruin it. <laughs> like, we got to do mushrooms and ketamine and, and, because that was the thing back in the early 90s. Every time someone came from America, I'd be like, holy shit, you guys do the weirdest combinations. You know what I mean? Because they just didn't have good ecstasy, for instance. You know what I mean? So they try all these other wacky combos and I don't know. You know, I think the, the whole thing about Amsterdam was back in the '90s was that it was high quality drugs, and you at least knew you got you know you got what you were looking for, and psychedelics included. Where, you know, the least that was the one thing you could like. Uh, mostly, it wasn't it wasn't as bad as what was in the, especially in the early '90s and in the states was getting real you know rough and tough, and it wasn't like 
and now all of a sudden it's like oh shit then we're back to we're back to uh quality uh, all across the board and stuff i think the so people are lucky to get access to all these higher quality and cleaner mm. and pure psychedelics in the next few years because once again our generation had to go out there and just hope that it was going to be a good one you know what i mean there was so many and there were so many times you didn't really know this but uh nowadays i think between testing and between, you know, having people to guide you through them and all these, you know, sort of extra ec things that we didn't even comprehend in, in the beginning. We were like, like, first time I saw like a uh, uh, ayahuasca ceremony with everybody wearing white and I was like, oh shit, that's great. You know, like, uh, uh you know, and I didn't get it at first when I saw it. I was like, oh, I wouldn't do that because it was also in Amsterdam. So it wasn't like in the jungle of Peru. So it would have been a little different, but when you saw that, you're like, I don't know. That's so, you know, there was, it didn't, didn't dawn on me at that point. And nowadays it's like, now you see like how it, the, the, you know, it's, it's, we're, it's already out there and it's already moving yeah. fast and people are starting to really like, well, yeah. well, yeah, man, you know, one of, uh, I've had like, you know, the, you know, like Rick Doblin says, you know, like that, that the antidote, uh, that, that fundamentalism, you know, is, is the problem in every religion and, and the mystical experience is the antidote. And, um, and, uh, you know, if you can relate to your religious tradition in an open way, like that is open to the transcendent, not, you don't make closed down dogmatic beliefs and idols out of your traditions and beliefs. And, you know, my God's bigger than your God. And you can like, you know, just, just to overcome that. I mean, that's just, you know, that's, that's, that's the crucial move here. And, um, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, uh, anyways, you know, the one true religion of love, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I guess, cause we're coming down. What time is, how much time we have left? We're at seven fifteen, so we're five minutes over seven ten. But we started a little late, so okay, good. that's cool. I figured I knew we were like we're doing it, we're going right to the end, right to the hill. Um, so uh, what's what's the latest greatest as far? Okay, so you have. Can you just uh, want to give everybody do their shout outs now, maybe, and we'll uh, wrap her up. And hopefully, we've we've uh, enlightened a few, not enlightened, but a few people, but got a few people to at least see the the Dr. Bronner, the Dr. Bronner lives through David Bronner and, and his company. And they, they've basically bathed the world for generations. And, you know, I think that's like, it's like, it's like us selling clothes well, for the winter time. I'm always feeling good. Cause I know people when they really needed us, we were there for them. You know what I mean? And I think you guys like, it's like, I feel like I complete my day when I have Dr. Bronner's like when I'm traveling and stuff, if I don't have it, like if I run out or something or they take it away from me because <laughs> there's some assholes, I get so bummed because I can't buy a whole fucking thing and I can't, sometimes you can't find the right size. And, but you know, it's funny cause I'll be like in all over the world and I'll be like, Oh shit, they got Dr. Bronner's bam. You know, it's like, so it's, it's, it's one of my brands I've loved for my whole life. So I was honored to have you on the show for that. And obviously for all your work, Within the within, yeah. within legalization, want and then yeah, just give us like a couple uh, uh, where, where to where to find out what's going on and you know. Yeah, well, you know, drbrown.com. Uh, yeah, and know, also and also and also brother David, also brother David, of course, brother David's, of course. Yeah, brother brother david's.com. It's got kind of my origin story there. If people are interested, um, and uh, you know, and just obviously all about what what our mission in the world is. 
maps.org um, is, uh, you know, obviously it's just a, a huge repository of all things psychedelic and not awesome. Um, yeah, and Adam, just super appreciate, you know, being on, on the show here with you and just being everything you did. You, you were such a pioneer or are a pioneer and, um, you know, CIA, cannabis in Amsterdam and, and hemp hoodlums and just, you know, just being the warrior here for forever. And it's just cool to link up in this moment, you know. It's been such a dark, hard, long slog for many years. And now, you know, now we're just on the cusp of, of victory. And this is a great moment. So, yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you, my friend. And then, of course, Adam Eidinger, who uh, is funny because I was thinking about when me and my mom were staying at your house that time and driving in your van and going around and playing music out of the back of the van and stuff. And, like, good, good you know just doing what we basically did in Amsterdam, but doing it in your spot. And I was like, oh, this is pretty dope, dude. This, this is kind of shit that we would do in the dam and not worry about it. But now with you, probably going to get arrested. That was, you know, that, that was the initial vibe. But but then, yeah, me and my mom stayed at your spot. It was awesome, generous. Uh, and you were fighting the fight back then, and you were running that shops, and you were doing all the things uh, that a hemp guy could do uh, in, in a 24-hour day, I guess. And it's just so it's, it's awesome to have you on the show. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. And uh, you got any like side uh, little things you want to promote at all? Or well, I, I you know if people are wondering what's happening in DC, check out dcmj.org and you can see what you know the mayor of the nation's capital thinks legalization looks like. There's a 13 chapters up there. Um, we're probably going to be passing a new law within a year here, so that's it could present opportunities. Um, the the bill does is forward thinking about possibly interstate commerce. That could be something that folks out in Colorado, California, get excited about if DC legalizes and having a way to start selling cannabis outside the state um, if the feds get out of the way. So look, check out dcmj.org. Um, and uh, yeah, brotherdavids.com. Uh, and uh, you know, it's you there. Know, and be uh, launching in Southern California uh, next week, and um, it'll be, be available yeah. in stores. Sweet. Yeah, and, you know, and, and we should also shout out uh, uh, sunandearth.org is the website, home for Sun and Earth uh, certification, certified cannabis, and, you know, bringing together next-level regenerative organic with uh, labor uh, criteria to the, you know, cannabis space. And then the, the apparel effort that's for, you know, just kind of a default food, clothes, soaps, personal care, everything is regenorganic.org. Um, and that's, we're in partnership with Patagonia, the clothing company, top animal welfare and soil health and fair labor organizations to monitor a standard in the, just, uh, you know, and eventually some on earth and, and regenerative organic will merge once we end prohibition. But, um, Regen Organics, that's a great resource for um, just what's, you know, we're in the pilot phase, but that standards are going to be um, fully launched next year. Um, I think it's pretty crucial. Um, yeah. So uh, awesome. those two websites are, are key too. Sweet. So some some homework homework for the for the crew, for the chat gang. Um, and also Travis, of course, from Decriminalized Denver. Give us a little, uh, any shout-outs to anything you want to, any upcoming events that you guys are going to be at or things like that. 
So right now we're in the we're, we're basically in the laboratory, kind of figuring out what our next public uh, you know movements are going to be. We have our sights on Boulder County next for a decrim effort, uh, just because of you know they're kind of being in our blast radius with the efforts that we've already put in in place and. A lot of den or boulderites have been in our environment and are really excited to, to kind of take hold of it and do it, you know, there. And then uh, keep keep an eye out for the uh, Denver Mushroom Cooperative. That is the the more the ground or the grassroots kind of integration piece of all this. So, you know, kind of just proving that we can do this. You know, as a community. Uh, so those are the two two areas that that uh, people can really look to, uh, at least immediately. And uh, it, within a few months, we'll have a lot more, uh, you know, uh, consolidated efforts going forward. Great, great. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's funny because like I went I went today to look at a piece of property that I'll talk to you about after the show, like Travis. But it was like the minute I said. Oh yeah, you know they decriminalized Denver uh, Denver guys, and they were like, "Yes," and then I was like, ah, "You know, might be looking for some spaces or something." I, their eyes lit up, you know what I mean? So, so it was like, one "Really?" Of those, yeah. So it's one of those, you know. I think we got. I think we're on a good thing here. <laughs> I think we're in a positive motion, Excellent. positive forward motion, which is uh, the best thing we can have because being in the cannabis world for so long, it was like we were the mud for like like tadpoles for freaking forever just like nah this is gonna we're never we'll, we'll evolve you know and then slowly evolved into to, to uh actual uh you know killer whale so now we went from, well thank you uh, you know from the bottom of my heart thank you oh for sure you know there's just so much unsung effort and you know like generations of uh, repression you know and finally we're we're seeing the light of day and it's like we we're going to get to like hopefully guide and steward the entire situation back to wholeness. Mm-hmm. And that's really a blessing. Sweet, sweet. So, all right. Right on, Charlie. Yeah, man. It's great having you guys yeah. all as guests on the show. I think we're going to wrap it up here anyway. So, uh, keep an eye out for all these guys, all making major moves. Uh, we'll be, I think there's going to be, this is going to be a, a quicker one than, than people think just because it's going to, it's it's one of those things again that has been so misrepresented for so long that once people get it to realize the things that they didn't know, like and then they see results immediately in front of their eyes with people that have had yep. you know no other options, they're going to be like, well, what the, you know, wait a minute, why were we ever you know, <laughs> why were we ever even thinking that this was an issue, you know, just like cannabis and a lot of other things, you're like, it's it's a non-issue, it's just the powers that be haven't figured that out yet but <laughs> but due to people like you guys we're making huge changes and it's awesome to uh, have you on the show thank you adam right on adam yeah thank you and of course and i just want to give my, I give my quick shout outs i want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife cc oh shit we have a okay I have to, uh, I'll drop you guys and I'll have to do this giveaway because this is going to be too annoying for you guys. You don't want to be, be part of that. So, uh, and then I'll give my, uh, but I'll give my quick shout outs to Cece and uh, her putting this show together also with us. And uh, unfortunately she got sick the other day. It was like classic where she held off. She was the last one in the family to hold off and then she just got walloped. So uh, hopefully she's feeling better right now. <laughs> but but uh, thanks guys. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, drop your here and then we'll uh, we'll talk soon
Nice seeing you again. All right, excellent. Thanks. Have Bye. a good night. Cool. And I'll talk yeah. to you, Travis, after Bye, the show. Guys. Thank you, man. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Bye. All right, guys. Bye. Oh, yeah, the giveaway, giveaway. Forgot about it. And we went way over. Oh, shit. I knew that would happen. Yeah. But it was good stuff, so it's all right. It's no, all right. It was a good show. Because I was already getting pulling up the, 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 the other things we had to say. I forgot about almost giving the course the Gorilla Glue. We have to give one more uh, ending there, too, for Mr. Lone Waddy, Russ Johnson. Uh, if, you didn't, if you missed it at the beginning of the show. We had to give, we're going to give him a quick, you know, so I was going to actually roll a joint, actually. Let's see. So let's, did you go all, we have uh, anybody on the line yet? No, Mario's, no. You got, you got the numbers lined up? No. I'm Nothing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all that right now. All right, let's see. I'll get. So who, do you want me to call Mario? Uh, I'll, I'll text him right now. How's that? And then, uh, yeah, and here we were, see, you know, the point was, is that, they got corporate watching me now. <laughs> now they're like, this guy sucks, man. Yeah, he totally forgot about it. He forgot. I was like, don't forget about doing it good, man. Give him, a, give him more. Uh, but no, our guys from uh, Illuminar Lighting have been gracious enough to be giving out lights to some of our listeners. And the, the concept of, the, of this game, this incredibly complicated game, is for our listeners who think that they might need an Illuminar light to send us a brief description of why they might need this light. And we kind of pick and choose because we're, we're looking for people who really, you know, obviously uh, are going to benefit the most from the, the, the light that, they're with, oops, that we have to offer at that point in time. And also, uh, at the same time, we want, it's very hard to get stoners to write, my God. This has become a, a, a chore and a half, so... All you got to do is write it in your phone, <laughs> send it as a as, as an email. It's not that complicated, but uh, it's not like back in the day when you had to write it, right, for real. But just like, that's, that's it. That's all you got to do. That's your entry. There's no, uh, and of course, you got to like Illuminar because at the same time, you know, get on there, get on their social media and like all their stuff because at the end of the day, if they don't see you liking it and they're about to send it to you, they might just be like, yeah, we'll send that box what he likes us. <laughs> so first thing you want to do is jump on uh, all social media platforms, like them, and send us the letter. And you can send that at info at adamdunshow.com. And we will, uh, like I said, we'll pick and choose. Can we call Mario? Yeah, I guess. Call him. Just give him a call. Get him on the, get him on the horn. What? He's out? No. That was us? Okay, I don't like that noise. Is bad. Oh, who we got? Hello. Yo. Hello. Hello there. Who we got? The skunky dove. When the uh, dove, when the light? No, dude, you already want a light, man. You're 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 a one, you're what's a one light deal around here? No. Nah, we... <laughs> How you been, man? How, how's it been going? Yeah, I was, I was coming in there, man. Do a little jug, buddy. Of course, of course. Of course. How's it been though? <laughs> Things been rolling. Uh, the light is, is is kicking ass, dude. I like them. So uh, yeah. So yeah. you'd recommend them. You you would recommend them. And then you are our first official winner. So that is the uh, uh, first official winner. Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's yeah. major major uh, shit, dude. 
No, this will be. I, I, I was trying to chime in there and make it a little funny there, Dave. But uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, yeah. yeah those things kick ass, dude. Cool, cool. All right, man. Hey, no problem, my friend. Hope you hope you've been listening to the show, even even though you know you're like you're you're not allowed now. You're just like, all right, we're gonna go to the next next show giveaway now. Uh, no, it's good to good to hear your voice and uh, glad the lights been working out because, like I said, you are our first official Illuminar light giveaway. Uh, first official. No, yeah. Now, actually, I'm on. Um, you know, uh, uh, I've got an account on C's here now, and I'm getting right through it picks on there for some things and uh i know y'all are tied in with that so oh sure done deal just, go, just, buddy. Make, just say make sure you say done deal and you'll get yourself a discount right there that's it right on buddy all right have man. a good one <laughs> peace man so uh mario memorial uh yeah where, i tried texting him but i haven't heard back from him. where art thou mario um, I mean, we can do it on our own. We don't need okay. Mario. We don't need Mario. We don't need, but but, but we're assuming it's a three fifteen. I mean, come, he's got to come on board. Hold on, let me give him a, a another style. I'll give him another angle because you know he might not. He'll definitely answer his Facebook, of course, because he's that guy. Um, so uh, we're, I think it's a three fifteen as it was, and it was a choice between a three thousand three three k and four k, right? The bulbs. Yep. Yep. And you could pull those. Uh, and, and. Oh, it's up. Huh? They're up. I oh, got them up. up. Oh, good. Okay. I'm not watching now. So, uh, and there he is. Let's see what's going on. Giveaway, kid. Um, and with the word of the day, of course, they have to know the word of the day. That's the most important yeah, part. Yeah, got to know the word of the day. You got to be following uh, Illuminar Lighting on See Facebook and, uh, and Instagram. That's it. That's all I got to do. Give us a good reason and give us a phone number. A lot of people are writing in and not leaving their phone numbers, man. Yeah, it's not really smart. Yeah. That's like you don't want to do or that. Or Skype username if you don't want to give us your phone number. Yeah, either one. Either Skype username. And, and if you want to get real, if you think you're going to win, like set up the green screen, get it all ready. We'll have you live. And includes your uh, your Facebook or uh, Instagram handle on the email too. It's a lot of stuff to remember. It's a first owner, yeah. It's a lot of shit. Yeah, man. Like, oh, fuck that shit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's. But it's, it's really one of the easiest uh, easiest ways to. Uh, it's the easiest giveaway in the world to the point where it's like, come on, it's all you got to do. Get us the info, and be interesting. <laughs> be interesting in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Which I think most of our listeners. And, and, you know, also it's about the, the needs, right? Like if you're like, I got 400 lights. I want to see if it works next to my wood. You know, no, obviously you're not going to get nothing. Yes. But, uh, you know, when when it's like, oh, no, my whole thing's about to go down in the tubes because I lost my only light that I had. Probably. <laughs> probably. Good chance. Uh, but Illuminar Lighting is uh, leading the way right now with all all the range i mean if that's if you this is just the 315 ceramic metal halide but if you go on their website which is illuminarlighting.com and check out what they have they have uh, everything up to their il their il line which is uh the latest in like sort of bar bar lights and they're uh got an interesting profile and uh amazing output so it's like you need to check their stuff out uh they also have the classics, double-ended. Uh, they have 630s, 315s, uh, you know, 
full range of full range of lighting, which uh, kind of covers every base, no matter what you're at, and uh, good service. And that's you know the main main point. That's why we have them. <laughs> that's why we have them as sponsors because we know their shit is good, and that's all you really need to know in the long run. Because with lighting, you wanna you don't want to be worried about that or thinking of you know. And we've we've seen the industry grow, and the guys are in, who are behind it all are are not new kids on the block by any means so like they and they have a uh, like again they're 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 stand behind their products which is is also important and uh yeah just get on it because i've still and i've noticed the the wave happening i see people uh getting their places dialed in right and it's it's probably about that time i mean everybody got on the same tip and got their double ended and now they're looking at you know four or five years old and okay maybe <laughs> maybe it is time to upgrade so if that's you get on the Illuminar program so no mario he didn't no i haven't heard from him text or call no mario him, so. no mario okay let's just call who we need to call okay and you got somebody lined up yeah cool <clears throat> all right uh you want me to read the email first and then i will let let me queue up the phone number here real quick and then um yes and then I'll read the uh, letter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cue it up, read the letter, and then we'll give them a call. And we'll see if they know. Okay. All right. Hi, guys. I'm not sure if I have to put a letter in each week to win, but I'm from nope. Massachusetts, married with two kids on disability, and I'm a medical cannabis patient and grow my own medicine to help with my condition with ulcerative colitis. I was diagnosed in two, 20, 2003 and had my first surgery in 2010 to remove my colon build a j pouch uh, uh let's see here so um so after healing me and my brother started to grow in two extra bedrooms 12 by 12 for veg and bloom we were doing good with 4,000 watts in the flower room until last September when we had a, fa a fallout so i'm uh growing now in a two by four veg tent and a four by four flowering tent in my bedroom uh wife isn't happy so over the winter i attached a 10 by 10 shed to my existing shed this gives me 8 by 10 flower room and a 10 by 10 veg i was using four 1000 watt vertically exposed balls but i can't afford the billage much so i got uh 315 cmh now in flower i'm going to use sk 400 plus in veg and uh with some other leds we just finished the shed this week and starting my clones in veg today so i bought the 315s up off eBay and one bulb blew out already and these fixtures are cheap Chinese knockoffs and I'd love to upgrade to some proper equipment. <coughs> <coughs> Alright, sounds like a uh, a good one. Alright, here we go. Day. We're giving them a call. Your call has been forwarded. Oh, bummer. That sounds familiar to you. That story sounds familiar to you. We'll give we'll give him we'll give him another check just in case you never know. But if you are listening to your own story, and you're like, wow, this sounds so much like my story. You may want to check your phone because it is actually your story. <laughs> so like, don't uh, don't miss this chance, this opportunity. We're not going to say your name obviously until you win. Right. But um. you will be put back into the mix in case there's some random like no one ever. Uh, it's not like you, you can you could you could you could just you never know but chances are you won't <laughs> because we're gonna hopefully have a lot more letters coming in like right now if you were just uh slightly creative you you'd probably be in the top five top ten because yeah yeah 
Just people are lame, so. Uh, do you want me to give them a call back? Yes, of course. Okay, here Turn we back. Go. Here we go. We're trying you back. So if you've been on the phone or something, this is it. Your call has been forwarded. You know what it is? It's the unknown number. That's what it is. Yeah. People get scared. So if if you are listening to this show and you might be getting called and an unknown number pops up, just answer it because, you know, got to keep some sort of. We can't we can't change that, can we? Or can we? Right now. Okay, that would be probably less scary because I had a few people who were so nervous to answer the phone that I was like, "Geez, I don't answer. I don't do anything unknown." Okay, yeah, I set it to where now it shows our number. Okay, boom. We'll give them one more chance with our number showing, just in case that was the problem. There you go, and that's my my, my final offer on that one. All right. If not, we do have one more person. We got further down the road. <laughs> got more rings in. Yeah, we did. Something happened. Something happened. Your call has been uh, forwarded to... Bummer. Okay, well, we're going to have to do number two then. It okay. Looks like. um, hey, guys. Adam said to write in and say why we need a light, and I thought I'd give it a shot. I've been vegging under a 400-watt HPS bulb for a few years now. It's definitely time to upgrade to LEDs. I keep the mothers under T5s and a clone under T5S. Or, yeah, I don't know, T5S. I don't know. It's the vegging plants that go under the 400-watt HPS for veg and get all stretchy and not compact. Help a chat gang member up with a better veg lighting situation. The space is 4x4x7. Four by four by and the sec- oh, they know the secret word, and I will call them. Oh shit! They better be, they better be listening to the show though. You're so, right. Yeah, you know, they'd be like, ah, oh, bro, I was binge watching some terrible show with headphones on. Missed it. No, hopefully they're they're astute and ready to go. Here we go. Otherwise, you're gonna go with my other one. I got the other one. I got a backup. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. This is the Adam Dunn Show. Are we speaking with Jay? Wow, what's up? What's up, what's up? This is Tony Blonnie. What's going on, Doug? What's going on? It said in the email, but I wasn't sure if he was just saying it to be funny or if it was... Oh, you didn't even know. You saw saw it. Well, I saw it in the email, but I thought he was just being funny. Oh, I thought that was a whole running joke for everybody. Well, there you go. You did it. (laughs) You did it, dog. You you just have to know the word of the the fucking day, though. Wow. Thank you, guys. Yeah, do you know the you know the word of the day, right? Though, right? From Illuminar Lighting, word of the day. I do, I do. It's uh, PPF, right? Yes, it is. Oh shit! Ding, ding, ding! ding, ding. We got a winner. <laughs> Sweet. Wow. So uh, wow. our best winner is uh, still our best winner, I guess. Oh, I think, yeah, that's funny. Not breaking the wow. tradition. Well, at least we get it out early, dude. We get it out early with you. And uh, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> plenty more winners to come, I'm sure. Yeah, man. How how how's it been though? Good, man. Good. I'm way up in Herkimer, New York, fucking uh, camping for the weekend. I'm diamond mining and uh, chilling with a bunch of friends, man. Nice. Glad you all called. A little, more, a little Memorial Day weekend, uh, extra extra long trip or what? Yeah, yeah, 
Yup, yup. We've rented the, like the whole top of the hill. We got like three campsites all together. It's like it's nice. a mob of us. Good times. Nice. Well, when uh, when you're back to civilization, <laughs> and, and uh, <laughs> give uh, give Mario a shout, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll be loving that. I'll be like, really? No. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He's he's gonna be bummed out. He's slip through like, that guy. Slip through the radar as usual. Well, you know, you went <laughs> fair enough. You 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 you, con- you convinced us so. Thanks, man. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. That's very appreciative, and it'll go to good uses for sure. Hundred uh, percent. Send in photos, and we'll, we'll update everybody. How's it? How's it? Peace, my friend. Later, man. Uh, awesome. Later, guys. <laughs> All right. We got Tony Baloney. We got Tony Baloney. No, I thought it was at the very end. And he said, "Like, you, you yeah." Did, well, you didn't tell me until after, though. You said, oh, oh, my bad. Should like. Should have just texted me that. I would have been like, "Oh, well." The thing is, I think that my 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 backup plan would have been a failure. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. For out of the country and and uh, don't know if they got that word of the day. Well, I don't know. I had a, I had less faith that we were going to pull that one off with the time zone difference and stuff like that. So, but I'll put that one back in. And like I said, guys, info at Adam Dunn Show. Why do I need why do I need a Illuminar light and and then try to don't you don't have to milk it hard as hard as he did, but try to give us a real story hopefully that makes sense and, and is a reason why you might one of these uh three fifteen ceramic metal halides and uh you know, we're, we're trying to help the right people and get people involved. And also if you're interested, just go to the Illuminar Lighting uh dot com and uh, tell them you heard about it through the Adam Nunn show, and so, you know we'll, get, we'll create a little traction here. They need people like to see traction, so guys, get on their website, man, see what they got. Uh, I want to thank them also for their uh, obviously they were the, the last of our sponsors. I want to thank uh, Seats Here Now, who kind of got cut off, but uh, it's always our number one, guys. Uh, SeatsHereNow.com and uh, SeatHolics.com, check them out, uh, and all the other sponsors. Uh, who make the show what it is and I want to thank David Bronner again Adam Eidinger Travis from uh, Decriminalized Denver for making the show nice and interesting and MTI for making it work and uh, you guys for giving us a reason to do the show so peace guys see you next week I don't have no idea what we're doing we'll figure it out hopefully I'll have some idea but now we'll see you guys next week peace States is a communication to the children to take a trip, to cop out, to groove. The psychedelic checkers on the record albums have their own This is a special question. We don't want you to smoke genetically by the five We want you to smoke the real thing. One of us smoke the natural herb. Some call it marijuana, some call it sensimedia, some call it lamb's bread, and some people call it... Gun, gun.